going on, everybody? We're back again. Another Wrestle Purist podcast with myself, Charlie, Joe Hulbert, uh Manny the Hooper, apparently. Uh, <laughs> he's I don't know where he is right now. He's supposed to be here, but he has not showed up just yet. He may be no-showing us, and he will be fined accordingly. But uh, Ibu, back up, Hangman, as some of you better know him as. He, uh, he requested a link the very last minute and uh, we dragged him onto the show. So this is the four that we're starting with. Hopefully Manny shows up sooner rather than later. Of course, today we're going to cover, you know, the main the main topics that have been going around. And of course, we're going to we're gonna review Dynamite and we're going to preview Collision as well, which is, of course, kicking off this Saturday. Some of the subjects we're going to go over, CM Punk's ESPN interview. Apparently, he's going to be a hot one. Uh, Carlito may or may not be signed to WWE right now. Uh, some AEW creative editions. Um, and like I said, AEW Dynamite, AEW Collision. Um, first things first, please like, subscribe, Super Chat. Always, always appreciate. Hope everyone's doing good. Starting with my co-host, Charlie. How are you doing today? Doing good. It's been a busy one. I had to come back to uni because I'm basically just packing up half my stuff to take home tomorrow. Um, and I was at a concert last night. I went to see Harry Styles in Wembley Stadium, so I'm very tired. <laughs> but I'm excited to talk about Dynamite. It's going to be a good time. Yeah, man, it was a it was a good episode. It was a hot episode. Yeah. A lot of uh, a lot of praise coming out of it. You know, um, a good way to go into you know a big week and a big week plus. You know, because Forbidden mm-hmm. Door is literally like next week. So you know, you got the Collision debut, and of course, a huge week next week as well. Uh, Holbert, my guy, how you doing? I'm terrific, mate. You know, it feels like uh, for a while now, we've been kind of looking ahead to this big summer, right? This kind of, this crazy chaotic summer of wrestling that awaits us. And I got to say, last night, it really did feel like we were deep in it, didn't it? Like, there was a, there was mm-hmm. a run in Dynamite. I mean, Dynamite was a great show, but there was a run in it in particular where it was like, every segment was newsworthy. So, I'm excited to break it all down. But if you, you know, back here on the Thursday show, missed the town last week. You did. Uh, Thankfully, Alexia produced the first good Joe Holbert performance, and, and we will uh, try and make it two straight here tonight. I'm glad we're back. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Uh, Ibu, coming in, being the fourth man that we needed, right when you didn't even know we needed you. How are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. I'm actually very, very excited. Uh, this is a this is a very, very fun week. And um, like mm-hmm. Joe said, I mean, listen, there's a palpable increasing excitement for forbidden door season it feels like AEW's big show of the year like really you felt the last night really exciting show like joe said every segment just kind of felt hot in a way that was dare i say kind of like 2021 where stuff that maybe wouldn't have gotten over in 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 front of flatter crowds two weeks ago three weeks ago certain certain things uh the the crowd last night just ate up everything you know what i mean it made AEW feel like it was just like like it couldn't miss like everything was getting over so uh, I was super into last night's show. I'm happy to be here. And I mean, my God, my favorite wrestler of all time is coming back on Saturday. And I am personally overjoyed and elated for what we this know. guy has to say on TV. We Can't know. wait for that promo. And I'm happy to be here for now, for now, for a few minutes. So happy, happy, happy days. Yeah. Uh, Locke said at the start, Ibu is going to be joining us for the first, I don't know, see how long he's got, 10, 15 minutes, you know, see how long we can squeeze out of him. Um mm-hmm. But yeah, man, let's uh, let's jump in. I want to start with the you know the thing that's kind of took over Twitter for the past you know good few hours now. So the CM Punk ESPN interview, which is apparently coming out, um, I guess now at this time it's probably not going to come out tonight. So we're probably looking at tomorrow unless it drops like imminently. 
Uh, but yeah, CM Punk's done an ESPN interview, and apparently it's going to be a hot one, according to uh, reports and rumours and talk. Uh, Wade Keller kind of got the ball rolling with this one by saying, uh, you know, on his podcast, he basically said something to the effect of, you know, CM Punk's done this interview, and some people are going to be upset by it, basically. And, you know, as people do, they took that and ran with it, you know. People were talking about it for a long time on Twitter, back and forth, back and forth. And then... Um, it was followed up on basically by Sean Rossap, who reported that the interview will have him addressing the elite, uh, some hangman stuff. Uh, they've been told that Punk made very clear that he didn't like Hangman Page. Punk has said that there were spots in the double or nothing match that he felt like Page was shooting on him and by chopping <laughs> him in the face during the match. And uh, that's just one of the tidbits, you know. So, uh, if that's anything to go off, it is definitely going to live up to the expectation of it being a hot interview that's going to cause a lot of, um, let's just call it, uh, respectful discussion. Uh, <laughs> Ibu, I'll throw it to you first since we yeah. don't know how long we've got you. Yeah? Um, right. What's your takeaway and feeling going into this interview that's apparently dropping tomorrow? Yeah, I mean, look, think, uh, all I'm going to say is this, Monty. I'm not going to report anything. I'm just going to present to you everything that we know in order and then let people do the math of themselves, right? Uh, we know that CM Punk, uh, one of the terms of him kind of greenlighting his return is he had to sign various legal documents kind of protecting the company, correct? We know mm -hmm. that. That was reported, we, yeah. Yes, yes, we know that. Mm -hmm. uh, we know that this interview will come out before the premiere of a show that he's legally binded to do, correct? Yes. Uh, okay. All right, so that's that's two plus two. Now let's do another one. Um, CM Punk is a provocateur, correct? Definitely. Right, right. He's a provocateur. Uh, he's not a stupid person, right? <laughs> Impulsive, but he's not stupid. He has his moments, you know. He, he, yeah, he doesn't. Yeah. He doesn't seem to be. Uh, you know, <laughs> he has his moments, either. like all of us, you know. But, right. You know, his uh, moments seem to be. Uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah, a bit more dramatic but than us. So <laughs> the key, the, the real key here, though, guys, is and maybe this is out or not, but this interview already happened. Yes. And AEW is very privy to what happened in this interview. Uh, you know, so look, at the end of the day, Tony Khan and Adam Hopkins know about everything that was said in this interview, and him. And those people, Punk and, and those individuals have a, have a very clear understanding about various things. And so I'm going to tell you this, man. It's probably going to be an interview that's honest while simultaneously, mm. <laughs> uh, yeah, honest while simultaneously um, working in the benefit of whatever he plans to do on television. So, you know, I'm not suggesting Brian Pillman business, but I'm suggesting Brian Pillman business. Well, so, you did create a gif of Brian Pillman literally uh, earlier today. You know, you know, it's funny, Monty. You know what I hate me? when you do that, you know. Makes your screen crawl a bit, but, you know. That, that's not you know what you do. It's your Twitter account, mate. Sure. You know what's <laughs> funny about that, Monty? I felt old because there's people who didn't, like, get what I was doing or saying. I'll just... Pillman's Pillman, bro. One of one, you know. No comparisons. Uh, you know, I, it's just... I hate it, brother. You know, <laughs> MGF, MGF, successfully did some Pillman stuff last year. You know, I mean, he yeah. did, he did. Oh, you know how I feel about that, anyway. So, <laughs> oh yeah, you hated that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, kind of what are you expecting to drop here? Like that's of course you've strongly employed, and it seems that you're of the belief, and you know, uh, it seems everything leads to it. Of course, he'll be you know working 
you know, some of the things he says in this. But like, what kind of things are you actually expecting him to say in this? Like, where do you expect him to go? How far do you expect him to go? Because that um, that little tidbit from the Fightful report that I read about Hangman, him apparently being scared of Hangman shooting on him by chopping him <laughs> in the face and stuff like that. That's mm-hmm. going to trigger a lot of people. It's going to ruffle some feathers, you know. Uh, it, it, it will. It absolutely will. And uh, Punk is in a place where he really does not care how you feel about him. It's why uh, when people, I saw people, you know, making tweets about like, oh, man, like he's getting booed in some of these announcement places. Like he's going to get really mad about that. He, 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 I promise you, Sam Punk's not the type of person to uh, really care about that. He'll just lean into what, what you're, how you feel about him. Uh, I think he's going to just basically be himself. Uh, which sometimes is uh, to some people not not super pleasant. I think he's gonna just talk a lot of shit. I think he's gonna be kind of a prick about it. I think he's gonna just give. I think he's gonna answer honestly to certain questions that he's asked. But like I said, in a way that uh, you know can 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 be spun. So example, mm-hmm. if they ask him like what happened to Hangman Page, he'll probably just I genuinely he'll probably just tell ESPN, well he's a fucking prick and he stiffed me and uh, as you know he um, went into business for himself. But what are you gonna do? It's a new day. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, Joe, how interesting do you think it's going to get tomorrow with this punk ESPN interview? If it is tomorrow, like I said, interesting. Uh... Well, I love a straight word for it. Um, <laughs> I mean, it'll certainly be newsworthy, and you know, punk is nothing if not very skillful at getting people talking about him. That's and, and I don't mean that as a slight. That's part of the game, right? And he's very, very good at it. And that's going to be the case tomorrow. And we're leading a collision, and it's it's probably necessary on some level. I am very hesitant to endorse this as some sort of masterful plotting because I've seen that before and I saw how it ended, you know, and that's, that's a dangerous road to walk in professional wrestling. So <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I think this thing is, as I've said a million times, and I'm sorry I keep reiterating because it's in a kind of inherently negative take, but I am firmly believe this thing is like doomed to fail. Like I just, I can't see this being like a, a you know, a, uh, a long-term solution for the way things have been. But I'm sure Punk will get folks talking, and that was his intention. So uh, it'll probably give some heated uh, back and forth to the conversation that we've had for the last, um, I believe, nine months. Ten months. months. Yes, ten months. Okay, so I'm glad we can kind of juice up a little bit before he gets back on TV one last time. One last round before we get to the, the professional wrestling part of the uh, of the conversation. But, I mean, here's what it is. I'm going to do a show tomorrow, so I do appreciate ESPN waiting until Friday. I post yeah. Big love to them. For that. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll see. You know, you know what I will. You know what I will sure. add. Um, I think uh, the timing of this. I think it also coincides pretty well with the vignette that they aired on on TV. Uh, this whole time, the marketing has just been kind of like CM Punk is back. Where's he been? We don't know, but he's gonna fight Samoa Joe and these guys. And it's like I feel like it kind of runs away from a lot of what we already know. And I'm not saying address everything on TV, but at the same time, it, 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 there's there's a bit of disingen- disingenuity to how this rollout has been, I think. And um, that's why I liked yesterday's vignette the most, where it where he kind of was just like, I got a lot to get off my chest. Because there was this ominous and eerie vibe where now the marketing of, of Collision is, what the fuck is this guy going to say on TV? And I, I actually prefer that over like, CM Punk is back from wherever he's been, and he's going to just wrestle in a six-man. So, you know. Yeah, it's an interesting one. <laughs> um, we was, we spoke a few times about, like, uh, you know, hopefully. You know, CM Punk, he comes back and he gets along with everyone who he's interacting with. He kind of uh, stays out of trouble, you know. Uh, and um, and hopefully this, this, this roster 
split, which hasn't been confirmed or, um, you know, it's been kind of avoided at times as well. Um, it's I kind of lost a trial of thought for a sec. This punk stuff sort of melting my brain, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, where was I going with this? Um, you were basically saying this roster split him getting along with people, hopefully. and Yeah, so, yeah, hopefully he kind of kept his head down sort of thing. Obviously, he was never, like, going to actually do that, like, you know. Uh, he was always going to, like, you know, there was always going to be a comment here and it's supposed there sort of thing. Yeah. But then when you hear about, like, this, like, brewing, <laughs> that's about to drop on ESPN tomorrow. Um, and it's already started some of the stuff that you kind of um, would worry about if you was hoping this was always going like, to work out and be the happy ever after for, right. you know, uh, CM Punk's return to AEW because it seems like um, feathers, feathers are already going to be ruffled uh, before the first show even kicks off. So, um, as Joe said, if you are one of the people thinking this, the way that this is all like you know, um, Unfold. fell into place and unfolded with the roster split, Punk being on collision and Dynamite doing their thing, and Punk coming back, even though, as far as we know, the terms between him and the elite are still very you know, rough to say the least. <laughs> um, the division in the locker room, all that stuff. If he was one of those people who's worried about it being doomed to fail, then uh. When you see reports and rumours like today, then uh, you probably feel a bit validated in thinking that, you know. Uh, and if you're one of the people who's kind of hoping that he kind of stays quiet and, you know, gets... I don't want to say stays quiet because it's simple, you know, and you know he's not going to do exactly that. Yeah. But in terms of, like, not taking the piece, you know what I mean? Like, come on, mate, you know. He's <laughs> one of the people kind of hoping for that, then uh, spooky times. Tomorrow, <laughs> you know? I think uh, to make an analogy that if you get, you get, and if you don't, you don't. I think this exile and, and return for CM Punk is like when Tupac was in jail and when he came out, he joined Death Row Records and became a menace. He was more prolific than ever, ever put out his best work, but was also very polarizing and insane. Oh, <laughs> this is a, a little different, you know. But, you know we're, uh... <laughs> If, that makes, if that's what makes you happy, mate, you know. Uh, Charlie, uh, I doubt you'll be too impressed by Jesus, you will, in the middle of a in the middle of a whirlwind or something. But anyway, Charlie, your thoughts on what we've kind of seen being spoken about so far, you know, because it's it's a weird one because the actual interview yeah. isn't out yet, like. Um, you know, like we haven't wrote an article or done anything kind of the rest of pure yeah. side. And um, it's because the actual interview, it's not out yet. You know, it's all like hearsay and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, uh, Sean did do kind of, a, he did do a good job of like following up on like the discourse that's yeah. been going on all day. But like I said, we still don't even know what the interview is going to say. But, you know, where, where are you at at the moment, Charlie, on it all? I'm just not forming an opinion until I see what he actually says and like what Very the context fair. of it all is. Yeah. Mainly because I'm just too tired to care about more CM Punk drama ten months removed from all yes. out. So it's whatever happens will happen. And you just I'm just taking it in stride at this point because obviously they want him in the company, like he's gonna mm-hmm. be like good for the company, like even if he is bad for the company as well at times. So you just got to take it for what it is at the moment and see what happens because I want Collusion to be a success and that's it's built around him. So 
Mm. It'll be what it will be. That it, is. It certainly feels like if you pair this, you know, the kind of rumors drowning this, and the promo we actually got on on uh, Dynamite, which we'll get to obviously, it certainly feels like Punk has made a a choice of sorts in terms of the direction he's going to take with this, right? Because mm. that has been one of the more interesting parts of the conversation. To use your word earlier, Monty, is it's one of the more interesting parts was like, how does Punk present himself on TV? It feels like we're beginning to get our answers on that. Like he's not going to let this elephant stand <laughs> room for very long, I don't think. And that will be where we'll be. I don't know how that will, you know, how everyone else will take that, but um, we're we're going to get answers pretty soon. I sense based on the way that he's kind of, you know, don't wrong. I'm not saying he's going to go for the jugular on Saturday, but I think he's going to put some stuff in there. It feels like that anyway, based on what he said yeah. on Wednesday. So on Wednesday, David Zaslav we'll of Warner Brothers Discovery is Suge Knight. One billion dollars. <laughs> Big TV deal, big TV deal. Listen, that big TV deal and Punk having his own show was was Punk's second lease on life. Just like Suge basically saying, I will bail you out, but you have to sign his death row contract. The elite are Biggie Smalls. And on collision, we are going to hear hit him up. I've heard some sentences in my time, folks, but that may have been that may have been a new level, that one there. The elite of Biggie Smalls just being slipped in the middle of all of that. <laughs> I mean, it was all crazy, but that was like, the way you lay it, you just put that one in like it wasn't a big deal, you know? Similarly, similarly, Pac swore Biggie shot him, and, and Biggie didn't shoot him, you know? Similarly. But at the same time, but at the same time Biggie released who shot you, le- leaning in, leading into the discourse, you know? He played into it, you know what I mean? You give me a headache. It, I know, it's, this... it's, it's true. What's true? The Bucks didn't tell the media. Listen, think about it. The Bucks didn't tell the media that Punk got caught fired, right? Punk is of the belief that this happened, right? And hates them for it, right? But at the same time, the Bucks did go into Chicago and pour gasoline on the fire. The same way Biggie dropped Who Shot You? Because it's fun. Wrestling is hip hop. And if that's what makes you happy and helps you sleep at night, brother, um, I'll let you. Rock, I'll let you rock with it. You know, we're all friends. Um, I don't know what just happened. Neither do all, Charlie. Neither do all. But anyway, CM Punk's got an interview on ESPN coming out tomorrow. And it seems like a lot of the, uh, I was going to say the whole wrestling world, but you know, the AEW wrestling world will be very tapped in. You know, um, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, Speaking of AEW, talking new things, there's been some like AEW creative editions as of late, of course, with AEW Collision starting this week. It seems like Tony is, you know, he's building he's building a larger team. Not exactly sure where who's gonna fit where, etc. etc. But um of course yesterday it was reported that Jimmy Jacobs was backstage. It was also then uh, reported by a few places that he's joining AEW as a coach, last producer. Uh there's been further reporting on Brian Danielson, um, and of course, as we uh, as we've got in the thumbnail in the title, Dax Harwood is also being involved in AW Creative, uh, involved with creative pitches to Tony Khan as of late, the same as Danielson. So it's like I said, uh, some interesting names, uh, some more interesting than others, and I believe <laughs> there's another one as well. Um, if you people just bear with me. Another one? There's be, another one. How do you right in these shows? Um, there is... There it is. Kevin Matthews, KM, ex, um, ex-indie wrestler, 
I think he'd done a little stint. Uh, he'd done a stint. Uh, Impact. Yeah. He was. He's been on Dynamite. He's been on Dynamite. He's been. Um, I think he was like a security guy that Wardlow took up one time. He's been yeah. on Dark. He's a. Uh, but yeah, KM uh, Kenny Matthews, Kevin Matthews. My bad. Um, yeah, he's got a backstage role as well. So um, yeah, that's like how many people did I just name? KM uh, <laughs> Jimmy Jacobs, Dax Brian. Um, yeah, man. Getting a uh, Will Washington. Yeah, that's another recent one. Um, go on, Ibu. What was you going to say, bro? Fun fact. I see Kevin Matthews almost every day <laughs> at my job. He, he runs my local indie. <laughs> man, he's, he's, he's got a new job now, bro. Congratulate him. Yeah, I, I just see him like, what's up, man? He's like, hey, brother. Yeah. <laughs> he's big as shit. He's always, always has like, this like... Super slim. Yeah, he's, he's like he's like six five or some shit. Bro, bro. this dude he's is big, huge. Big dude, <laughs> big dude, bro. Yeah, it's scary, bro. He looks like a monster. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, but yeah, he's got a backstage role in there. Duffy, bro, Doc said, man. Uh, wishing congratulations. Uh, yo, yo Kevin, Kevin, can I have a? Can I have a? I don't even remember the name of the promotion. God damn, it's like literally in my backyard. Um, tragic. You're not supporting your locals. <laughs> I've been there three times. Let me run it. Let me run it, Kevin. Charlie does. You know, Charlie supports mm-hmm. the local. She's a real. She's a Love real wrestling fan. You know. You know? <laughs> Eddie Edwards almost broke my knuckles at, at the last show I went. <laughs> Fired I, up. I, I, yeah, I fist bumped. I was like, yeah. And he was like, ah, and he fucking crushed me. <laughs> That's real grabs. That's good shit, man. <laughs> he almost rocked my jaw. <laughs> Was he dressed like like Dreamer, or was this when he was still like wearing tights and stuff? What was the, he had was a the... he had a he had a tank top and sweatpants. <laughs> well, that makes the story less cool, but still funny. <laughs> All right, I've uh, I've received an update from Manny the Hooper. He says this is just now. This is just in. This is breaking. Oh shit! My bad. On my way. Give me a two minute. I appreciate yeah. that money is. I appreciate he has the humility to decide it's his bad, as though we were debating that before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do, you think, last Do you think Manny forgot that he was uh, on a podcast today? Probably, yeah. Possibly. Yeah. We, we have added him multiple times, and I know he gets the <laughs> notifications and yada, yada, yada. I said in the stream yard link. Like, if he does forget, there's not really an excuse for it. Joe, jo, <laughs> literally in the WrestleFears chat, the, the day that he was supposed to be with you on Grin a couple days ago, I forgot mm-hmm. what I said in the chat. He's like, oh, that reminds me. I got to be with Joe in like 10 minutes. And I was just like, or whatever it was. So I was like, what the hell? Yeah. Is that like, honestly, with Manny, that's the main reason you have to do the promotional tweets, just to remind him he's mm-hmm. on them. And even that doesn't work now. So you have to really, <laughs> unique character, the Hooper. Absolutely. But uh, yeah, on, on the AEW creative stuff, of course, the name that's going to cause the most discussion is probably Dax Harwood, if we're being, being sure? honest. If we're being honest, you know. Uh, Dax Harwood, of course, is uh, pretty divisive in the AEW fan base. But, of course, you know, he's, he's a great wrestler. And um, I'm sure he has some good ideas. I'm sure he has some terrible ideas as well, as most, yeah, as most wrestlers do, you know. Um, yeah. Holbert, where are you at on uh, Dax the Axon? AEW creative, even if it is just uh, being involved in the pitches that make the way to Tony Khan. I mean, this stuff's really hard because we, you only ever hear guys credit themselves for the ideas that are like good, and every professional wrestler who's ever pitched an idea is declared as 
creative by their peers. So it's very hard to like figure out who's actually good at this and who's not. Um, certainly, yeah, yeah. you know, a lot of Dex's influences and the wrestling he likes, stuff that I like, and I would assume he would have ideas from that, from those eras and those times that would would pop me. Um, but it's it's impossible. I mean, like he some of FTR stuff in, in recent times has not been particularly encouraging in that front. I mean, I love FTR, but you know, the last two programs there's while there was highs in the Jarrett and Lethal stuff. I don't think you could declare either a creative home run. But again, that's guesswork that they that that's their you know that's their handiwork. So I don't know. Um, it certainly is interesting all these creative movements, which I think is actually the real topic here, right? Like rather than because. It's, it feels like there are a bunch of different folks who perception-wise have a very different outlook on wrestling. Like Jimmy Jacobs, for example, <laughs> is someone who has been credited for a lot of stuff that people loved. I mean, Jericho has often said he was the guy who did the list of Jericho, right? He was That was all his work creatively, and then Jericho took it and made it where it was, obviously. But he's also, unless I'm mistaken, has been pretty regularly cited as like one of the driving forces behind some of the more... Uh, Supernatural. Uh, hmm. Yeah. And (laughs) in my opinion aside, Tony Khan is like, it's been pretty clear Tony Khan isn't really into that stuff, right? Like he hasn't let Matt really do that at all since he first came in. So it's just, it's interesting. It feels like there's like a a real range of philosophies that are going to collide here, which has always been the case in AEW. So adding to it is kind of intriguing to me. I'm I'm almost wondering, it feels like it has to be a result of collision arriving too, right? It feels like some of these guys are going to be working more on collision. Yeah, that's that's what I mean. That's kind of... uh... That's kind of the angle of kind of going at really. So you know he's he's yeah. got collision coming up. So you know he's he's adding troops, man. Um, I like how you bring up like kind of the creative differences that we'd assume from the outside what this create these creative minds will have because uh, yeah. you know Jimmy Jacobs is definitely an interesting one. Um, but yeah, man, we'll see how that all comes together. <laughs> Even where you are on some of these names, Dax Harwood especially. I'm pretty terrified to be honest with you, uh, but uh, <laughs> you know I'm pretty pretty terrified. Okay. Uh, I'm I'm privy to a lot of things that wrestlers pitch, and uh, they're usually very bad. Uh, to be completely honest, um, not n- nothing on Dax specifically, but uh, look, they're assembling all these names because they're changing the creative process of how they put these shows together, and I. I agree with the general notion that Tony needs like proper veterans to help him put the shows together. I do not know if what they're planning to do is the right way to remedy this, I guess is my, my feeling on it. Uh, Jimmy Jacobs. It's funny. Like you said, Joe, you know, I think people, I saw people tweet like, Oh man, you know, if you love Jericho and Kevin Owens, like this, it was this guy. And it's like, yeah, but he was also like one of the head writers of raw until like 2017. And the show was pretty fucking bad. And um, beyond that, he was writing for Impact for the last five years. Have you watched an episode of Impact Wrestling in the last five years? Uh, and being creatively I, fulfilled. You know, <laughs> like just, it just, I, bro, he, <laughs> I can't do this. What, what's the, do you, Joe, do you know the name of this, the um, stable with um, uh, Eric Young, that where he got killed in? Um, Violent by Design, right? Yeah, Violent by Design, yeah. yeah that was a Jimmy Jacobs produced segment. Well, I mean, <laughs> there are some characters you may want to consider. Well, never mind. We'll leave it there. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I don't, look, if they're if they're like going to be writing scripts and stuff like that, maybe it helps. I, I'll tell you this, guys. 
you know, people close to the situation, Monty, since, since I got to say these things now, <laughs> uh, people close to the situation uh, have suggested to me that Danielson's stance on writers are, hey, man, they helped me come out of my shell, so I don't know. You know, so. Very relaxed. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. I feel like that's the word of the day on this podcast. So. I'm not sure. Yeah. I actually am not sure any of it's interesting, but I've, I've used it. <laughs> <laughs> um, Joe, 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 it's either you say interesting or you get spiteful. So you just yeah, like, yeah, you know? try to be yeah. polite, you know? Yeah. Uh, could, you man, could you and Sammy in sting in a hallway reading like reading lines to each other? <laughs> oh, man. Oh. <laughs> interesting. Um, Charlie. <laughs> Where are you at with uh, some of these creative editions? Of course, Jimmy Jacob is interesting. Uh, Dax Harwood, mm-hmm. another one who is also that. Uh, yes. And obviously, Brian Danielson. That's um, that was report. That's been reported a few times over the yeah. past couple of weeks. But like I said, that's kind of been further reported on, saying about how he's involved with the creative pictures to Tony Khan, same as Dax. So, yeah. what's your kind of takeaway from this? These new editions. Um, I'm glad that Tony's like not burning himself out anymore, I guess. Oh, money's made it. <laughs> okay, shut it up. Yeah, he's muted. <laughs> he, ain't getting, he ain't getting a cent for the show, bro. Hi, mate. Hello. 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 Where, where you been? Hey man, I'm sorry. That spaghetti put me out, man. I was out. <laughs> you know what? Never mind. Pay him. Pay the big man. I forget you as well, but uh, it don't normally have that kind of effect on me. You know, like a drug for man. He's not that cold. <laughs> it was a guy, bro. Blowing up his DMs, man. Uh, Manny, we're talking about AEW creative, bro. Um, you know, there's been so. I know you're not. Um, Sometimes you bring up a story to Manny and he's completely oblivious to it. You know, he he misses a lot of things. So just to recap it for our guy Manny, um, Jimmy Jacobs, formerly of Impact, he was reportedly backstage yesterday. It has also been reported that he will be a AEW coach and producer. Uh, There's been some more further reporting on Brian Danielson about how he's involved in pitches. Dax Harwood is involved in creative pitches to Tony Khan. And they've also got on their team uh, Kevin Matthews, who's like a ex indie guy who's been on AW Dark and stuff a few times. Um, he's been around the block. KM, I think his wrestling name was. Um, of course, on top of this, there's Will Washington, Ace Steel. Apparently, he's involved with AW Creative as well. So, uh, Manny, Tony Khan is rounding up the troops for his creative team. What is your takeaway on this? You just named a lot of uh, big names and a lot of important people that have done stuff in this business, uh, except KM. I don't know who KM is, um, you know, but yeah, man, this is, uh, they're all going to do important things, you know, Dax. I got, got earlier by a, a fake tweet about Dax, you know, making you, you did. know, <laughs> <laughs> it isn't my fault, you know, it was a, it was a, a believable tweet. Um, was it? <laughs> What was the so those that don't know, I think I believe it's been deleted now because Sean, um, Sean quote tweeted it saying it was fake and stuff. But um, someone tweeted like, 
that Harwood was involved in the creative in the last the, the the show closing angle last night in AEW Dynamite, and it was like dash fightful select. <laughs> and uh, really? Manny uh, ate it up, man. You know, Manny <laughs> like, wanted to believe so bad. You know, I approached with Ao and I said, "What about this?" And you know, and Ao, you know, dunked on me. Yeah, I Ao did. Uh, Ao did bury you uh, live on the timeline. It was quite aggressive, you know. But you deserved it, man. You deserved it. <laughs> but yeah, man. I don't know. I just think a lot of these guys are little about pro wrestling. They've been around the block for a bit, and you know they're gonna help Tony, uh, you know, control things. I, I'm pretty sure he's starting to get burned out with everything that he's doing, and with mm. his like you know other jobs. And so he has Rampage, Collision, and now uh, and Ring of Honor. I mean, there's no way he can come up with creative for all three other shows. So good for him. You know, he's finally uh, bringing in some help. Good for him. Definitely uh yeah. Dax the Axe, you know. Be, he's done a lot in the business. Jimmy Jacobs is a man he put over, he's done a lot in the business, you know. Uh <laughs> another another vampire, you know, that likes blood, you know, that's good for us, you know. Interesting. Um all right, let's do some super chats, man, because uh we haven't done any just yet. So uh please do keep the super chats coming, we always appreciate them massively, massively. Massively. Darren Cage with $10. Everyone's talking about King being the fifth guy with the elite to face Blackpool Combat Club slash Takeshita in B&G. Blood and Guts. There we go. B&G, but Osprey got involved making it five on six, leaving the elite in need of one more star. A golden star, perhaps. Hmm. Very interesting. (laughs) Yeah, man, of of course, Ibushi... You know, of course, that's who you're referring to. Um, that's obviously the name people are kind of waiting to see when he shows up, you know. Um, I think most expect it to happen. If it doesn't happen in the next couple of months, I think a lot of people would be kind of, you know, uh, taken back by it, you know. So uh, it does feel like this sort of story where people are just showing up out of nowhere, sort of, especially with like the angle last night, you know. Yeah. Ibushi could be one of those people that makes one of those run-ins like last night, so... Uh, yeah, man. We'll, we'll, we'll see. Seems like it's on the horizon. Uh, shut up, Spurs. Five dollars. Appreciate you. Saw a fake rumor that Julia was headed to NXT to join the D'Angelo family. So, who leaked Monty's fantasy booking and tried to pass it as fact? Bro, anyone that would believe something that absurd of a fake rumor needs get help. You, know? you, heard, him. On, you heard him, man. You heard him. I mean, come on. You got to. I wouldn't have got by that. I mean, you gotta believe like the believable mm. stuff. Man, track record, brother. I'll leave it at that. I mean, we we did just we just went into that, you know. <laughs> Man, he's track well, I mean, record. I mean, the Dax thing. I mean, it's more believable than you know Julia. Julia. I think they're in the same realm, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, yeah. there's levels, but the issue is it's not an isolated event, man. I mean, not only do you believe them, you often bring them up live on podcasts and make us put out these fires live in the air. So we'll see. <laughs> Yeah, this develops. It's fine. <laughs> Average biscuit enjoyer, £4.99. Appreciate you very much, brother, as always. Custodian Brian Pillman Jr., message for Ibu. Please don't talk about my father. Yeah, uh, Mr. Mr. Pillman Jr., I'm a big Live fan. Live on of shift. I, I, I'm a big fan of uh, your father. I would never disparage him. And as a parting message to everybody, I just want to say that... um. 
we're in the midst of a very fun time right now. And uh, we shouldn't take it for granted because there's a lot of cool shit happening. And there's going to be some more cool shit happening this weekend. And I'll be covering a lot of it on Sunday. So you will. don't miss that. And uh, I'll catch all you guys later. Appreciate you. Later. All right. Bye. Let's, uh, let me move. Let me do my aesthetic changes. There we go. Um, yeah. Appreciate you, custodian. Uh, six star, nineteen dollars ninety nine cents. Really love six star as always. That's he it. loves Charles. I heart wrestle Purious. We heart six star, of course. Hope you're doing good. Always. Uh, Zaid Nade, one ninety nine. Appreciate you as always. Who are y'all four pillars of heaven? All time faves. God. Hmm. Fuck. Tag teams count as one. Yeah, you can have a tag team. I'm gonna have the Briscoes. Uh, so if you want, if you want a tag team, you can have a tag team. You know, cool. <laughs> <laughs> just establish that rule real quick. It's broken. I'm I'm locked in free. I've got, I was gonna say I've got free. I've got two. I've got Briscoes and Joe. I got Joe King and Roddy. My full <laughs> seed is. Fuck! Who would I have this one? I've got the Bucks, Flair. Uh, Christopher Daniels, um, and fuck, who was my third? I've just forgotten. Rey Mysterio. I don't know who my fourth oh, would be. Oh, fuck, Rey. That's tough. Yeah. Rey belongs on any of these, really, aren't mm-hmm. <laughs> he? He's not even a subjective matter. It's just Rey. Um, my fourth might be a Carter. That's a good one. Uh... Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull out the Hoopers of Honor and I'm gonna look at the banners that I made. <laughs> Obviously, I'm gonna go with Nigel. Of course, mm-hmm. I'm gonna go with out of all these names, Kurt Angle, Redacted, <laughs> and Just the fourth the one. Meathead wrestler lineup from Hooper. This is beautiful <laughs> stuff. Gone. What's the last and one? Who we got? Fourth man? one. Uh, I'll go with this is like you have to when you do it you have to I like, put the years I put Shinsuke Nakamura only New Japan so you know <laughs> I only want New Japan Shinsuke <laughs> I love that that can't be implied he has to actually <laughs> I I would say uh, I would say Terry Funk would probably be my my fourth I think that's a good yeah of course uh, so many good wrestlers oh no man agreed uh Flair and Briscoes are like my absolute definites. The other two will probably mm-hmm. be interchangeable, to be perfectly honest, um, depending on what mood I'm in that week. Um, yeah, I know I said some other Joe, but you know I, I love Joe, man. You know I, I love I love a lot of these guys. You know, uh, need that cliff that Joe always posts. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that guy. <laughs> you know, so many of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, man. Uh, appreciate you, Zaid. Uh, custodian again, appreciate your 199. First, what parts now you're comparing Phil to Tupac? Yeah, I- Ibu was he was, was man, you mm, missed it. It was it was it was, it was filth, it was filth, man. I was yeah. so confused. I'd like to apologize on behalf of the Wrestle Purist uh brand, <laughs> you know, uh, Ibu had to subject some of your ears to what he was cooking then. Mm. Um, yeah, Brucey Beats, appreciate your 199. How many kicks until Kent breaks Phil? Over or under five. Listen, mate, he will eat those kicks, bro. He will eat them. 
Look, man, if Hangman couldn't KO Punk, I don't think Kenta can. So, <laughs> look, he's on tour of Gatti now. Like <laughs> <laughs> I Listen, Punk didn't get put out cold in UFC either, you know. Got tapped out and he has one of the worst, probably the worst fight in UFC history, you know. Can't just still, I don't know, CM Punk still has his chin, man. You know, most UFC fighters don't have him. <laughs> CM Punk left the UFC with his chin intact, so, you know, it's just the rest of his body, you know, that isn't, that isn't there. Maps uh, <laughs> 84, appreciate your 199. Fantasy booking Max King tag team title run. Uh, Holbert, oh, this I seems like I a, um, seems yeah. like a special for you, mate. I have bad news. I think it's a long way away. I think I don't think I think Moxie's going to be a heel for the foreseeable future. I think we're getting yeah. the the sequel to their feud in 2020, and I think it's going to be roles reversed. And I think Moxie's going to make his choice. And thus far, I have loved John Moxley as a heel, but it's kind of up and down in terms of whether he can get the people to really boo him. When this he finally, yeah, when he finally yeah. pulls mm-hmm. the trigger on on Eddie because he's Blackpool Combat yeah. Class's family, that's going to be a great moment. And I did a tweet earlier, folks. I've done a lot of those this week. I apologize, but I've decided, and, and you guys know I have no bias in this regard. I've just, I've made this decision as a professional. I believe that John Moxley should actually face Eddie Kingston at Wembley Stadium. Yes. Um, now again, oh, beautiful. No bias. Completely unbiased. Yeah, no bias whatsoever. No, pre- no, no, no personal feelings display, but I feel it'd be very good. You know, it'd be a good idea. So uh, I think you're going to get a feud first. We'll get to in a couple of years, Maz fan, but for now, I think it's going to be a big feud for Eddie, who I think, and we'll get to this later, as long as he's not too physically like affected, and hopefully he's feeling good, I think that injury may prove to be like a real blessing in disguise for King, the one he's just mm. coming back from, because we all got a chance to miss him. And like, I think it's more apparent than ever that there's a real opening for Eddie to be a major player on the show. And that was always the case. Yeah. Sometimes you don't know what you got until it's gone, you know? So hopefully Eddie's feeling good and he's ready for a big run because I think he's got one ahead, honestly. He's going to be a big time. Yeah. I'd love to see it, you know. Uh, you know uh, it's I almost... Need, go on, man. Go on. I need, I need uh, Eddie Kingston to come up with the, sh- with the jacket that says the opposite of Def Jutsu, zero fucks given. I need him to come out his own version of that hoodie because... With the mentality that Mox is in right now, he's gonna fuck Eddie up. So, <laughs> there's Manny. There are so many things you do on these shows that I love, but my absolute favorite is when you break down the wrestling like it's a shoot fight. Like, <laughs> like, like the idea of Eddie, like he's, he's just fucked, man. Mox is gonna just maul him, you know. I respect. I mean, him, you man. see the <clears throat> you see the waddle lariat that he did. He waddled, he waddled Claudio to Larry. He bro. always does that. He takes those little steps. Yeah, like, he always does that. And just hit him, bro. It's crazy. He's a beast. Yeah, he is a beast. Uh, yeah, everyone loves the Mad King. Uh, Pizza Dog 499, appreciate it as always. Can we get everyone to do their best Juice Robinson impression of them? Hell no. Ricky, absolutely you know how not. How high he goes? <laughs> that dude's voice is insane. Man. Is ins- Manny, you probably have the best shot because you can go pretty high. Go on, mate. Go on, Manny. Go on, take a drink. Go on, mate. Here he goes. Look at Hooper. Look how serious Manny is. Go on, son. <laughs> <laughs> you really give it a good go, didn't you? I told you you can go very high. I've seen it before. Beautiful work, oh. Manny. Oh man. Uh, I will not be attempting. I was at a concert yesterday. My voice will break. I'm not doing it. Look, my voice is my living, folks. You know, I got paid a bill saying that. Juice Robinson doing his best um cat slayer impression. 
Indeed, yeah. That's exactly what it is, too. (laughs) Yeah, 100%. Which is incredible clips on US television who have no idea. (laughs) Uh, It's an unintentional spot. He's not even aware he's doing it, but it's absolutely all you can think of. But nonetheless, carry on, money. Absolutely. But Pizza Dog, that's the best you're going to get, my brother. Um, The near Harley, $2, appreciate it. If Hobbs got the Wardlow push, Hobbs would be a star. Wow. I don't know about that because the Wardlow push was a... Well, yeah. Mm. <laughs> Hobbs got a consistent push. Yeah, yes, that would be a better way of phrase. Even yeah. getting the push part, just getting him some consistent TV usage would be yeah. a start at this point. He's so on and off. It's a shame. Hobbs would, uh, no, Wardlow would love Hobbs' opponents for the TNT title. You know, just because Hobbs, Hobbs wrestled what Phoenix, Penta, Penta. Mm-hmm. He wrestled other. I mean, look, I don't remember the rain, but you know, he wrestled good guys. <laughs> And I just remember every week just being comparing it to where those shitty wrestlers that he wrestled. So, you know, it is besides Christian, Christian rules. So, so you're getting a bit spoiled for them, man. Yeah. yeah. Um, Andrew the Giant, appreciate your five pounds. Um, how fired up are you for Cody versus Dominic? I'm convinced Dom's winning. Uh, no, I don't think Dom's winning, bro. Um, I mean, he'll be, he'll be, you know, we're going to be there, myself and Holbert. There'll be a lot of heat in the building. You know, I'm sure it'll be a fun time live. In terms of match quality, I'm not exactly expecting a four-star classic, but I'm expecting it to be at least like entertaining, you know, and a lot of uh, a lot of shithousery and dramatics and fucking, you know, just, you know, it yeah. should be a fun time. It's, probably it's one of those things that I'll probably thoroughly enjoy it once it arrives, but... I can't like it's not something I'm gonna be thinking about once until I'm actually in the building. It's coming yeah, on. It's yeah. start. Like, but it will be as you're right. There'll be a lot of shit house and it'll be a good time. And I think you said this to me, Monty, off the air. But I would on. I'd rather we get this than Cody just being one of the six men in the ladder match. Like, at least you get full Cody bullshit. You know what I'm saying? So, Absolutely. That's what I'm, I'm for. At. It. Yeah, I'm for mm-hmm. it. It'll be a good time. I'm still, I'm still kind of holding out hope that Brandy gets involved because that would be like. The ultimate shit house room. That'd you know? be so funny. Joe, what are you? Uh, you... The chat is there's some <laughs> extraordinary. <laughs> <you know? laughs> really... looking at you, scaring me. You know, scaring, scaring you. Just <laughs> do the shit that's going on in the chat, bro. We'll get there, folks. Yeah, we'll get there. <laughs> um, but yeah, Cody versus Dominic. Money in the bank. Me and Joe will be there. <laughs> All right, scary stuff here. Alfred, four ninety nine. Appreciate you. I think. If it ain't Joe Hall, but my number two employee of WrestlePurist, Panty Dropper himself, Mr. Strongman, as 51% owner of WrestlePurist, I say flex them muscles. You know, I've seen some super chats in my time on this program, and I've, I've been on many, many shows, and I've seen many, many things. I think this has got to be a new low or high, depending on how you look at these this kind of performance art. Um, I don't know where to start. I'm just saying no. I'm going to let that speak across the board for everything involved in the message. Fair enough. Um, I don't even know if I'm thankful for it. I mean, I should be, but I don't know if I can be. So, have a wonderful evening. <laughs> Beautifully put, Joe. Beautifully put. Um, this is a um, chance to producer when we were talking about AW Creative. He sent in a live chat, which I thought was interesting. It caused a bit of chat in the live chat as well, saying they need some women on Creative Bad, of course, talking about AEW. Um, of course, you know, it'd be ideal if there was, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, um, women on the creative who were doing great shit and stuff. I'm not sure who's actually involved with creative 
from the women's side of AW. I don't know how far Maria Canellis helps out. Um, you know, we know Madison Rain's a coach. We don't know if she throws an idea out there or anything, you know. Um, but yeah, Joe, do you think this is... Um, do you think this is a, you know, potential problem or, you know, a, a potential thing that needs addressing? Well, again, it is worth reiterating what you just said. We, we're not exactly certain of who's in the process, right? Like, mm-hmm. there are... Um, so there's definitely someone in the coaching team, right? And unless mm-hmm. I don't know, Sarah Stock came in recently too, right? I know Madison's there. and um, <clears throat> So it's hard to say who's involved in the creative process. If, if no one is, then... I think it absolutely is a is an issue. I don't think it's a potential issue. I think it is an issue, uh, especially where I mean it'd be different if Tony was booking the show with like one other person. But if you're going to have a, like an army of like you know you need yeah, but you just went through like five people. Yeah, yeah. You need to have different voices. Absolutely, you do. And uh, so you yeah, know, I think it is important. It's it's just hard to talk on like with super confidence because it seems like there's so many people involved. For all we know, there are already women involved in the process. So I don't know. Mm. Uh, Charlie as. The only lady here. Our, uh, the I was gonna say the first lady, but she took that title a while ago. You know, yeah. Uh, but as our very respectable lady, WrestlePurious member, what's your kind of takeaway on this one? Um, I think they probably do have people. I mean, there's been more women's storylines on TV for better or worse this year. Everyone's entitled to <laughs> on that. Um, so there has been improvements in the division, whether there are improvements we want to see or not. Again, that's a subjective thing. Um, so I think they do have people like involved in it. But I do agree that like there needs to be like more women like actively known if they're involved because of it's just good to know these sort of things, like who's actually involved in this sort of thing. Um, but I think it's just, I think it's more about having people that are able to like well structure the division. And if that's a man, then it's a man. Like, I just want the division to be as good as it can be. So I don't really care who's in charge of it. Yeah. As long as, long as it's good, what you're seeing, you know, and everyone's being uh, pushed away yeah. it should be, then it's, you know, kind of one of those things. Manny, do we need more women on AEW Creative? Yes. Good answer. Right answer, Manny. I'm proud of you. Man. <laughs> you know, you never know. You never know with Manny the Hooper. <laughs> uh, this one popped me, but he's no longer here. When he was talking about wrestlers' pictures. Very fair. Very fair yeah. point where Andrew the That was right that was a lob for sure, right? Like, I was like well, let's, let's see some of these pictures, brother. <laughs> Wait, what do you say? He, he was basically explaining that he hears a lot of the wrestlers' pictures, and he feels like you know most of them suck. And I think we always like the instinctual, like, well, you know, it depends, yeah. depends who's saying that, really. I mean, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Interesting pictures from Ibu of Russell Puris, indeed. Uh, Willie199, appreciate you very much. My new agenda Wardlow invoking option C at all in. Um, hmm. The side of AW. What did you say, Manny? It's not canon in AEW. Oh, canon. I was fucking. Um, I'm out all in, so I'd rather not. They could do that like full gear or something. Yeah, we'll see. You know, obviously, he's in the middle of a, he's in the middle of this feud with fucking Christian Cage slash Luke sure and, uh, <laughs> We'll see where that one goes. You know. Are you Are you more excited for an MJF and Cole rematch at Wembley 
now. Or are you excited for the match? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I was yeah. last night we did our preview. Move. Obviously, we'll get. Yeah, to I know you guys see. You, you took yeah. Seth Rollins over him. Yes, but as usual, you've erased half the conversation and kept the other half. <laughs> we, also, we also said that we felt stylistically they'd probably could have a really good match. With that being said, I didn't think they'd be capable of the match they had last night. Someone in our chat actually, and if they're in here now, they should credit themselves. They said they may do a time limit draw, and I was very close to actively pointing the comment out and being like, "Well, hold on, let's not, you know, let's not." Don't put that on my <laughs> I'm so glad I didn't because I mean that to say that over delivered would be a huge understatement. So yeah, I'm I'm genuine. I mean, we'll get into it, but I will. Let's, get into, let's get into it now. Let's go. You know, sure. yeah. Let's, let's move it. into um. Let's move we'll into our dynamite. We'll do dynamite review. So of course the show opens with the match we were just talking about MJF versus Adam Cole in a world title eliminator match. Time limit draw. Cole wanted to go five more minutes. Begged MJF to go five more minutes, but he slid out the ring because he's a snake. Didn't give the fans what they wanted. Uh, looks like there's going to be a rematch for sure. Um, and yeah, like, like we said, most people absolutely loved this. Over delivered. Um, like I said, time limit draw, and it was absolutely worthy of that. You know, which um, as Joe kind of pointed out, I don't think many people are expecting that to be the case going into it. So um, yeah, man, very good, very 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 good, uh, very good opener to this show. Uh, Charlie, I'll throw it to you to get us started. So I didn't watch this live because I hadn't made it home yet. But when I watched it today, the match was, it over-delivered. And I already knew that they were going to have a good match because it's MGF and Adam Cole. Like, they're good wrestlers. Um, I thought it was really well laid out. It was a very, like, smartly wrestled match. And I'm going to give MJF the credit for that. I'm not going to go too much into it. But I think MJF uh, kind of led a lot of that match. And if, like... For like just watching it normally, you can't really tell, but like if you know what you're looking for, like I feel like MJF led a lot of it and it was just really fucking good. Like I didn't I, I don't like ref bumps, but it was like really well like utilized mm-hmm. here and then just the month, like the ending was great and I'm looking forward to a rematch. I feel like there's a lot more they could do, which is crazy to say because they went kind of nuts. So Yeah, absolutely. They uh like we've all said so far, they've over delivered, so yeah. um, very good stuff. Manny the Hooper. Were they hooping? Oh, not in the first five minutes. I thought the first five minutes was uh, really boring with MJF uh, doing the, all the heels stick and then uh, working over his arm. I thought that was real boring and it just felt kind of weird. But once uh, they moved past that and just had an awesome 30, like it was a 25 minute end to a, like an epic. It was weird because it felt like a, it felt like a real epic match, but just in 30 minutes. So, uh, just 40 minutes. Well, I mean, come on, what happened to the game, Joe? I know, (laughs) yeah, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna thank MGF for bringing the side out of Adam Cole and also (laughs) Chris Jericho. He got him ready, man. He got him ready for this big match. He made him remember who he was in that that mixed tag. tag. That's definitely but, a way to look at it. That's only a Manny the Hooper takeaway, you mm. know? <laughs> Manny having to cough, and so it sounded like he got emotional as he talked about <laughs> MJ bringing out a cold was incredible. Because, I mean, I mean, fuck, man. Uh, he hit him with the shoot super kick, busted his mouth open. I just I made, just took this match to another level. And then I'm always going to remember that sequence where they're exchanging uh, elbows, chops, and then Adam Cole can't handle it. Until he does a roll into MJF, it's a rolling elbow. MJ then Adam Cole does the 
multi multiple super kicks is a short in the tree down. And then uh they come back with the monster lariat. I mean, that was awesome. The time coming down. Ah, bro, that was just an awesome match, and now I just can't wait for the rematch. And now I'm more convinced than ever that Adam Cole is a uh, world champion material. So let's ride, guys. Let's ride. Fight up, hold up. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, man, we was uh we was kind of I think it's safe to say on the podcast yesterday, we kind of didn't know what we was going to get. We was kind of worried, but also kind of optimistic. It was kind of a flip of a coin of what, how we thought this was going to end up. But uh, yeah, man, again, over-delivered, man. What's your, what's your take on this one? Yeah, it's, it's really always good to have like a, a deal like this where it was like all everything involved worked. First, it's start of Adam Cole because I'm always the first one to critique him. It's, the, it's only right you praise him in these kind of situations, right? Like this was a pretty... Um, a pretty extraordinary effort considering how like little ring time he's had since he came back mm-hmm. and more importantly ring time where he's looked like himself to go into a match like this and let's be real play punching bag for a lot of it he was selling an awful lot in this match and he did so terrifically and, and I think we got a, the first real look here at something that many of us hoped when he was on his way back which is the idea that as a baby face it would hide some of his weaknesses in ring and actually allow him to be himself on offense and, and let the people cheer him. You know, mm-hmm. one of my issues with Adam Cole's matches previously was I didn't love the way he would he would conduct the heat segment. Well, here, he just had to sell, and the people already love him. I mean, there was the one moment where Max had his submission on, the place was rocking for Cole against the road. I mean, it was incredible. He was over huge, and he always is. It's not a surprise there, but I thought he was terrific, especially considering the circumstances. MJF, um, to Charlie's point, produced, I thought, one of the better heat segments I've seen in recent times. Now, the way the match had to be, it didn't have a ton of like uh, consequence because they had to go long. So by the time it got to the end, it was back and forth anyway. But he was awesome in that segment. And, and I know we talk about Max's promos a lot, and I maintain my stance on a lot of that stuff. But I'm not breaking any news. I'm not trying to do the bit of like people underrate him, bro. But in ring, damn, that guy's great. I mean, he's just mm-hmm. he's a special pro wrestler. Uh, so both parties were terrific and, and just absolutely killed it. But... Also, credit to the booking. This was an inspired, daring play. A program that Tony clearly wanted to do. He is now, by gambling and trusting the guys to to prove him right in wanting to see it, he's now made the rest of us convinced too. If you'd have built this traditionally, without this match along the way, we could have easily been dismissive of it and been surprised when it got to the pay-per-view that it was good. But now, you have myself, who's not a a huge Adam Cole fan, I absolutely want to see this rematch. They killed it. You know, like... And I think Charlie's right. I didn't have an even bigger one, you know, in them ahead. So an absolute hit across the board. Worked a treat. Live crowd loved it. I loved it. Both wrestlers looked great. And a daring choice in terms of creative. I think we're going to remember. And it's always nice to have those play calls. Let's be clear. If you just said to me this is what they were doing last night, I would have absolutely scoffed at you. So I'm thrilled to be wrong because it was not only, you know, the right choice. It was the perfect choice. So a home run all around. Uh, I want to bring up another spot that, they didn't get brought up was uh the 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 Eddie Guerrero spot when they do the you know the the title the title thing where they do mm-hmm. a title and they pretend mm-hmm. I thought that was so awesome that Adam Cole hit Adam Cole hit MJF with it because it kind of still shows that he's kind of like that asshole kind of things like yeah I might be a baby face now but I know I know the same playbook you're not gonna get me with it so I like how because it's like because you know how most times when they just turn baby face they forget all their past deeds and all that. MJ, I'm glad that MJ, uh, Adam Cole didn't. So that's really cool. So 
Yeah, it was a good start. It's obviously a very important part of the match, you know. MJF just completely failing to try and set up Adam Cole, you know. He's yeah. got a big path. It was uh, it was good stuff, man. The crowd loved it. And uh, where were they last night? Why um, they last night? DC. Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah, of course, because AO was going yeah. to go, wasn't it? So, no, man. Um, a liar. <laughs> <laughs> Very spiteful manner. Uh, right, the next segment was uh, Sammy Guevara in ring promo. Uh, Sammy comes out, he talks about the highs and lows and his ambitions to be a world champion one day before being interrupted by Darby Allin. He comes out and challenges him to stop basically being Jericho's sidekick, mentions how Sting sees Darby as his equal and not as a sidekick, yada yada yada. Jericho then comes out. Asked Sammy Guevara why he never called him when he was chasing MGF for the world title and said if he would have um, said that Sammy would be champion now if he asked for his help. Sammy Guevara then replied by saying, Why didn't Jericho call him? And if he did, maybe he wouldn't have lost to Adam Cole twice. The crowd does the whole oohs and the ahs, blah, blah, blah. Jericho says maybe they should team together and have a match to show who's boss, which was an interesting uh, turn, I thought. <laughs> Um, Darby then interrupts again, says the magic is gone whenever Jericho is in between the ropes. Jericho then says him and Sammy should take Darby on two on one. Sting then comes out. Sting and Jericho have a face off. Jericho backs off. Uh, Jericho leaves on his own, which obviously leaves Guevara, Sting and Darby in the ring. So Guevara didn't leave with Jericho. And uh, yeah, man, just mainly more planting the seeds of that split happening imminently. So, um, where where do we see this one going, Hulbert? It's interesting because I actually think there is an argument they should try to actually have Chris and Sammy team for a little bit because I think it would probably help Chris to not be in another black extended singles feud for a while. But they feel like they've gone they're too far along with the Sammy thing and they want him to be a babyface, which I actually I'm not, and we've talked about this previously, I'm not as like immediately averse to that as some are because I kind of feel like the way, with his strengths as a wrestler it's kind of probably best honestly like he let him do all his moves and stuff and people will, pit, will cheer for them anyway um, as we've seen recently so I think they're going to just go straight into the Jericho Sammy feud to be honest but as for this individual segment I thought this was terrific and I can tell you that in speaking of things I got wrong I was not expecting to say that about the segment that was advertised with a <laughs> with a Sammy Guevara returns graphic I mean I thought this was really fun and it followed up on some things that had been kind of unsaid previously, right? We talked about Sammy being out of the JAS and him not being, or not out of the JAS, but him kind of being separate. And we got to follow up on that. And the Jericho Sting deal was a visual, if nothing else. If you, I mean, to me, it's like for all the many uh, fair criticisms that surround, surround Chris Jericho at this point, you still pop for that, right? Like Chris Jericho and Sting being in the ring at this point. It's, it's, this, this is not when, especially when Jericho rocks up in those heels, bro. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Guy had like four inch heels on, bro. <laughs> it was crazy. Like, then was getting awesome. like a full minute of time out of the fucking baseball bat, like standoff. Like, this was, re- I thought this was really, really fun. Um, so I like this a lot. I'm, I'm somewhat intrigued as the direction. So another hit, for sure. Yeah, it was pretty good stuff, man. Uh, Manny, did you like this? Because we never know where you're going to fall on these in ring segments, man. Yeah, it was good. You know, Jericho coming out looking like the Terminator with the. Uh... With those, cra- those big heels. Wait. Well, he, was giving, just carry on, he was giving me uh, Arnold vibes. I mean, I don't know. And then uh, it, 
we should have known this was happening because earlier this week he said that he was never going to wrestle Sting, and then you know obviously two days later this this is, yeah. this is what happens. You know this this is why Jericho's a wizard, man. He just he just knows what he's doing, and um, yeah, I don't know. It'd just be kind of funny to see. Uh, it'd be kind of awesome to see the the sex guys have one have one more run, you know, and then see it just end. Because honestly, I thought uh. I thought Jericho was going to do this to affect him yesterday, so I'm glad mm. they did it and, you know, just have one more tag run, and then it just leads to a Sting and Darby <laughs> match. Sting and Darby versus the Sex God match, so. Yeah, it could be, it could be, definitely. Um, the only thing I would say about the Sammy thing and where he'll fall in by the end of all this, babyface, he'll blah, 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 you know, like some of the points that Joe was touching on. Um the only thing I would say is like definitely some of his like strengths and characteristics would absolutely suit him being a um a baby face, like when you look at it on paper. But you know, but like when you see it in action, like none of it feels like authentic at all. Um especially this recent effort to try and get him over as a baby face. It's almost um you know, like it's it's so blatant, you know, like the stuff with uh the stuff on all access, you know, uh yeah. you know, of course of course I'm sure Sammy was being real in those and he weren't like fully faking it or anything, but just like the emphasis put on it, you know. Uh, sure. then of course the stuff now then even in the promo segment yesterday, like Darby was like, Everyone loves you now, right? Or whatever he yeah. said, they're not half the fucking building booed him. Bro. It was a very <laughs> mixed reaction. Honestly, it just it works when they let him wrestle. And he does every move yeah. in his arsenal. They they inevitably cheer him just because he can do some really cool shit. Definitely. Yeah. And when they do the character side of it, it's much challenge, much more challenging. You know, the reaction when Sammy's about winning the belt is very noticeable. Like, well, what about all that? So that's you know what I guess my thing is. I don't think the hill thing was nearly as like, you know, because people used to boo him, but folks used to overdo it so much. But oh, this is real fucking. This is a real heel. It's like, well, I mean, not really. I mean, it was. So I I don't think they've ever nailed the presentation of him as a character. But I, I totally get your point, Money. I agree, actually. It's a tough one because it's kind of, you just kind of alluded to it in the sense of like, you should have, I don't want to say shut up and wrestle, you know, but. Right. You just have to play a guy's strength. <laughs> you know? Like, he's, especially when you put him in those those multi man matches, he always gets over huge with the crowd because he, yeah. he's explosive. Yeah, he is. He's a fun wrestler to watch. So, I don't know. We'll see if they figure it out. A tough one. He definitely seems like the kind of guy that like likes to go out there and cut promos and talk when he when he when he gets the opportunity to. So um we'll see where it goes. Uh, <laughs> uh Charlie, did I ask you about this one? No. But yeah, it's okay. Go on. If you got anything I don't, to add I don't to have it. many thoughts. I just think them using Darby as the person that's like finally drawing Sammy out of like the JS or whatever is a good choice. Because mm-hmm. if anyone can get Sammy over, it will be Darby. Like, I don't think there's many other people you could pair him with that would, like, be able to help with that. Because the crowd loves Darby no matter, and Sting, like, no matter what. So I feel like it's a pretty good choice in that respect. But, yeah, the segment was fun for what it was. I liked it. What's, what's interesting at that point is what was the pay-per-view where they teamed up together? Sting, Darby, oh, and that Sammy. Because that was a um, thing, right? That was a, that was a pay yeah, And Sammy was, yeah. like, TNT champ. Sounds like a lucid dream. Was, <laughs> no, was it, I think it was, was Revolution. It revolution? Yeah. yeah, Revolution 2022, I think, just before he dropped the TNT title. So while I'm not sure, you know, I'm, Tony Khan might not even be aware of this, I don't know. I mean, he has a lot of spreadsheets, he probably knows. But my point being that, like, there is some, you know, and they do kind of feel like they've mm-hmm. they've done dance an awful lot, those two, Sammy and, and Darby that way. So 
it's not only a good play in terms of what you mentioned, Charlie, and like everyone likes that act, but there's also some logic to it. It's, it's pretty, that's yeah. a pretty neat dynamic of play. I mean, I don't know what the long term is with that, but uh, yeah, something to be said, I guess. A nice mm. quirk to it all. Yeah, man. Well, like I said, we'll kind of see how it plays out with him because he's definitely an interesting case to look at before the for all the reasons we've just mentioned. Um, all right, next up on Dynamite was a Sonada video package. This was the first of a couple New Japan video packages that were setting up forbidden door matches. Um, so yeah, OWGP World Heavyweight Champion Sonada says there will be an open challenge for his world title at Forbidden Door. Uh, that, of course, caused quite a bit of buzz. And, of course, uh, this was acted upon a bit later in the show. Next up, we had Sting, Derby, Orange Cassidy and Keith Lee versus the Mogul Embassy. Uh, Sting, he pinged Brian Cage. Uh, a weird note during this match. So, like, during the match, the word no just came up on screen. <laughs> no one knows what this means. Um, it showed up on every broadcast as well. So it weren't just like, ah, oh, so-and-so got it wrong, like TSN fucked it up, yeah. or, you know what I mean? It weren't like one of those, like, uh, someone was in our mentions as well and said, like, it transitioned in and out. Like, it weren't just a thing that just kind of, you know what I mean? I don't know, I haven't watched it back, to be honest, but um, right. if that is the case, that definitely adds to it being intentional. Uh, I know. This is the first time it's happened either. I think this has no. happened before. Yeah, I was going to say, it happened another time. It happened during the Four Pillars, uh, Program. Hmm. Hmm. I, I forgot what segment it was. They're they're breaking it down yesterday. My the guys in the late night green discord. So they're talking about breaking Laura it down. They they're talking about it. <laughs> they started talking war. about lore, and I just like zoned out. I said, "Oh no, you guys aren't going to talk <laughs> about lore after a great dynamite like that." I mean, so uh, I'll ask the chat because we seem pretty stumped, you know. Um, who, what, what, what's this all about? I want, I want some guesses in the live chat, please, people, because yes. I'm, I don't know, man. I don't know what, I don't know what we was, uh, what we was cooking there, you know. Uh, but while you guys sending some, uh, some guesses, um, let's talk about the match. Yes. Mogul Embassy, Sting, Derby, Orange, Keithley, Big Eight, man. Um, yeah, man. Don't, don't want the need to do out there. It's always great to see Sting, Hooper. What did you think of this one? Monty, I'm gonna let you know right now. This is four stars and four four stars, man. This was everything you wanted and everything you could want. You have you have Brian Cage looking like a bootleg sting that you find like at the supermarket, you know, the one of those fake toys. I, I didn't even know what he was at first and then I realized he was dressed as sting sting. And then you got my boy Toa Leon. He did not give a fuck about Sting, man. He went there and fucked he him up. He killed him at one point <laughs> in the corner. Yeah, when he threw him to the opposite side of the turnbuckle <clears throat> and Sting hit the turnbuckle and fell, you just see his face like this. I'm going to like look like that. Like, in, like he was watching a horror movie. And then like he crawled himself back to the other corner and then just got taken out again by him. So this match was awesome. The embassy have incredible tag team wrestling moves and all these maneuvers like that triple power bomb into the to the double stomp was awesome and um i'm praying for my boy keith lee man he looked gassed out there too so i don't know what <laughs> look man love to the big man shit happens that monkey flips what is one of the funniest things i've ever seen in my life <laughs> 
Did you he see hit his heels? That was incredible. <laughs> Did Respect you see the, the big man? I forgot what he was doing. He like tripped on his own feet yeah. and just happened to land on Swerve when he was on the turnbuckles. Fucking ruled, bro. I don't even know what he was trying to do. If somebody can clip it. <laughs> Bless him. This match was just chaotic awesomeness. So yeah, there you go. It was pretty cool. I enjoyed it. I don't really have a lot to say about it. I just thought it was a fun time. There we go. Holbert, you got anything you want to add, mate? No, it was a really fun uh, party match, and I will say, while I agree with many, it was um, more stories. It was well, no. Um, <laughs> I do, I do think it's quite incredible that like they actually let Tarlana do something with Sting. Uh, and this is yeah. not me talking in hindsight. I, mate, I, I try to stress very clearly that I thought this would be a bad idea. And I will admit, as much as I like Tolio, and I, I was surprised that the Irish whip was the spot that they managed to, because good poor Sting was, they, hmm. they were having a time out there. It was, that was actually a little scary, but it seemed like everyone was okay. So fuck it. It's not, you know, it's not my job. I don't produce these matches. Um, <laughs> I want to sink a couple of things. The embassy thing is like a really fun act, obviously, and Manny's mm-hmm. running the 10 offense. Brian Cage always looks big. Was I like imagining sure did he look a bit, like insanely big here? He looked absurd. Fresh out the eighties, bro. You know he looked, <laughs> he, he looked he like he, he leveled up. So there's that. I guess. <laughs> um, Bishop Khan is a real fucking wrestler. That dude, that dude's he's got saying. I, I think he's, I think he's a talent really worth investing in. And Tower also, but Tower's just a lot more green and raw. So. I like that team a lot. That's obviously, the I've said that before. But Khan has got like a real uh, TV polish, you know? He really feels comfortable. Out there. He's got some points. I, I thought he was very good here. So, really fun. He is, yeah, he's really solid. He's really solid. And Toa, you know, he's green, he's wild, he's chaotic. But that's the point, Joe. You know? That's he is, point. is. I just would keep him away from Sting. <laughs> like I said, bro, you need to kill him in the corner. He did, know, so. yeah. <laughs> he did. Um, all right, man. So, um, let's see what the chat said about no gate. Whatever we're fucking calling this, uh, scroll up a little bit. Uh, bu- 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 it happened in April. Yeah, uh, Kane. It's hundred percent AEW production. It even showed on the big screen in the arena. Didn't know that. Um, <laughs> it's a timeout system on broadcasting. It's not supposed to happen. Um, it's Goldberg. It's the fifth pillar. In, in April, in April, it said yes, then no. Sammy Callahan hack a gimmick. So, <laughs> something should be remain sacred at Impact. You know, we don't, we don't. There's no need to explore different options of that. So, hmm. let them do his revolver in Impact gimmick. You know, just let, let it keep it there. Man, we'll we'll see what happens. It could just be nothing again, you know, yeah. um, just a mistake. But you know, this is uh, not the first time it's happened. It's just weird. It's weird. I'm not saying it's going to lead to anything. It's just weird, you know. <laughs> All right, uh, a couple of super chats, bruh, 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 five dollars. Y'all see them quarter hours, elite and BCC bombed. MJF being the top draw the past few weeks. I love the main event, by the way, but agendas come first. Um, I mean, I haven't actually seen them, so I'm guessing that um, it was it kind of followed the usual trend of the opening quarter being the big quarter and the last quarter being the low quarter, you know? Um, 
of course, if you're an elite, if you know, you'd expect elite being the stars that they are, and the Blackpool Combat Club being the stars that they are, but they may be able to at least um, hold the quarter hour or even boost the quarter hour. But um, it was bad this week. I've seen them. I have nothing to say. <laughs> I saw, <laughs> as I was finishing my sentence, and I just saw Charlie like. <laughs> <laughs> It's not good. It's not looking good. <laughs> it was rough. It was rough. I didn't even see the main event quarter hour because I just zoomed in on the Jake Hager match to see if I could <laughs> if I could use that for some performance art and saw that it absolutely died and was like, well, fuck it. Well, nothing I can do with this. There's no way that number is real in the chat. I don't. No, I, you it, know what I mean? I need to get someone. Cool. Someone DM anymore. me on Twitter or some shit. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, if I saved it. I can someone. Do I don't think I did because I was upset. Yeah, someone send it to me, man. And we'll, we'll talk. We'll talk about it. Uh, Darren Walker, five pounds. The biggest prize in New Japan and the challenger is Jungle Boy. Utter madness it is. Oh, come on. Oh, well. There's been some shitter. There's been some shitters that face for their belts. So I mean, absolutely. At least this Jungle Boy is in a shitter. You know, he's just. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, did, you, did you folks see Sonata in that suit? I might I might change the to turn a corner on this one. He looked like a fucking world champion. I was really yeah. Oh, I tried. He looked like a star. He did. I'm 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 in. I'm in on this deal. It's a good well, idea. He well he didn't get a pop like a star, you know. It was real quiet in there. <laughs> That's a nasty agenda. <laughs> it's so unnecessary. <laughs> they didn't pop for the Sonata like 15 second promo. <laughs> they pop they pop for Tanahashi. Hiroshi Tanahashi, man. Come on. Also, like, think about the fact that Sonada has a new look. They might not have realized who it was straight away. Like, did not mean to put that comment on the screen, but uh, (laughs) it's part part of the ratings discourse. You know, (laughs) Vanderpump rules. It is a big show. It is a big show, indeed. Um, But yeah, that was an accident. My bad, people. All right, back to Dynamite. Uh, The guns. Got backstage promo. Renopica asked them what their relationship is with Jay White. They act oblivious to it and put themselves over as the best brother tag team in AEW. And also call out the Hardys whilst also calling them washed. Um, <laughs> this was not on purpose. It's just one of the only shirts I had here. As I said, that would be a great bit if it was on purpose. A guns promo. <laughs> inspiring your fashion choices, you know. Uh, yeah, Charlie, what do you uh, what do you think of a potential guns versus Hardys match? I don't want it. <laughs> I just don't think we need it. <laughs> not even it's not even really anything against the guns at this point, which is kind of crazy to say when you're like talking about them having a match with the Hardys. But I just don't want to see the Hardys wrestle, so I don't want to see the match. Hmm. I mean, I don't think many can blame you. The Hardys are definitely in the uh, the closing stretch of their days in the ring, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, God bless. I mean, I mean, God bless Matt, man. Fucking, he, he, he tries, you know. He can barely, sometimes it looks like he can barely walk out there, man. And obviously Jeff Hardy, you know, uh, most wrestling fans definitely hold a very special place of sympathy yeah. for him. Um, and he's also very beat up as well. And... Uh, you know, the guns aren't exactly like a, um, you know, like, you know, like the books, you know, you can just be yeah. like, oh, you can throw them with like an average or below average team and they'll, they'll make it work. They'll get a books match out of them and it'll be at least pretty good, you know. Um, mm-hmm. The guns themselves, they're not like, they're, you know, I don't want to say the shitters or anything, but like, you know, they're not, they're not like super experienced, really polished workers yet. So this could be very interesting. <laughs> Again, using that word. Manning, 
Guns versus Hardys. What does this do for you, mate? Absolutely nothing, bro. I just... <laughs> Who needs this? this... Yeah, I mean, I got nothing to say. Man. I'm just... Let, it left me speechless. Now. Lost words. Uh, um, but, but... um, on tonight's edition of Ring of Honor TV, uh, the work horseman, <laughs> the work horseman called out FTR, which is my uh, statement on this segment. Mm. Exactly right, Manny. They're finally That's getting good. it. That's Jim Crockett shit. promotions rides again, folks. So That's good shit, man. Honestly, the guns got a good promo. The match they're yeah. building to, I don't, you know, absolutely not. But um, the guns are good promos, so there's that, I guess. We still don't know if they're in Bullet Club Gold. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a good thing. That's like the main takeaway. Like for me, I'm just like, are they in or not? Do I have do to go you, all in on that, this tag team? You don't want them in, right? I feel like that would be better. That would be a stretch. For I mean, brand, I feel, surely. If they're in, like guns up. But if they're not, then I ain't gonna. Come that's in. commitment. I respect that. That's a, that's, that's a, charity, bro. I, I respect. It. I'm just it's glad great. that they they kind of they kind of alluded that they might not be in it. So mm-hmm. I'm gonna go with that that they're not in it. So yeah, they acted completely oblivious, you know. Um yeah. I didn't know what was going on. Um but I, I, wait, wait, never mind. Oh, just keep going. Because collision on Saturday actually and then attack FTR in the match. Anyways, but yeah. We'll see. Uh, Did you hear when I said the gun club sh- bullet club shirt would sell a lot of money? I don't think so, and I'm happy I was. <laughs> you know, I'm happy I wasn't a part of that. So yeah, um, Wardlow successfully defends his TNT Championship versus Jake Hager. Uh, yeah, man, they uh, they, they did they did the thing out there, you know, and had the TNT Championship match. All <laughs> oh, but you know, you was uh, you was talking about Champions Carnival and all that kind of stuff. You know? Yeah. Um, what's your takeaway on this one, man? That was my most accurate preview point. Um. It was yeah. all right. Wasn't it? I just yeah. don't really understand why Wardlow worked like a control segment and did the Garvin stomp in the middle of the match and like worked Hager over like he was going to make a comeback. I was kind of baffled by that, but same. The crowd seemed confused by it also, but I mean they got yeah. of it in the end. Like I think it was bad. It was just absolutely nothing. There's no way I remember this, <laughs> this match in like two weeks. It, mm-hmm. And look, obviously I was bit, doing a bit last night. I wasn't expected to be good, but I think they could be. They would be well served to let Wardlow be more of a a meathead wrestler than what they're currently trying to, you know, develop him as because his higher spots always get a great reaction they and do, he's variable. Yeah. He's very, very capable of them, but it's the stuff in between, you know, and they need to kind of figure out how he's going to wrestle. I think moving forward, because he's not bad by any means. It's just more a stylistic choice. I think, but it was right. Yeah. Uh, Manny, you're a fan of this. Look, usually Jake, I'm not going to blame Jake Hager, you know. Usually, usually he wrestles to the level of his competition, and the level of his competition yeah. wasn't that high this, you know, this late yesterday. And, uh, I mean, don't let this performance of Jake Hager root solely you guys on what's been happening because look at his last performance in the, the match against Roddy. They, they were electric, so... There you go. I mean, I'm blaming this all on Warlow, but the real meat and potatoes of this match was after the match. So there you go. Very true. Uh, but before we get to that next bit, Charlie, what did you think of the match itself? Or do you not have much to add? Because, you know, it's a bit of a... It happened. Yeah, it I happened. Watched it. I watched it happen. 
Yeah. Just, I don't really have anything to say. I mean, fair enough. There's not much to say about it. You yeah. know, I, know, I know we do our review, allegedly, mm-hmm. but, you know, there's mm-hmm. some things there's just not a lot to say about, you know. Uh, but, yeah, after the match, Christian Cage and Luchasaurus appear on the Titan Tron. Uh, I don't know how it was for you guys, but there was audio issues on my end, so we missed the start of the program. Yeah, there was audio issues. Um, yeah. But we did hear the important part where Christian Cage and Luchasaurus accept Wardlow's challenge. Looks like Luchasaurus is getting a TNT total shot. Um, Cage then asked Wardlow what he's going to do when his new daddy isn't there, and then the camera pans to a beat up Arn Anderson with oh. Luchasaurus. Um, oh. Big angle, manner. Which was an awesome visual. I mean, I just wanted to talk about. Like, <laughs> I mean, I was just wondering if if they put like jelly on his face, or if they like if he really bladed himself. You know, I mean, that was just awesome. And for I, I didn't even know how Arn got backstage. I thought he was ringside the whole time. So he was ringside, and then there was a brawl, Menard and then Hulk. Uh, yeah. Remember they came out, and then wait, what? Did we just lose? <laughs> yeah, they 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 came out. And then um, Brock Anderson, with on, yes. run them off. Oh, wait, are we going to get the Andersons versus 2.0? Mm. Well. Anything's possible, brother. Uh, and then they, they kind of, you know, the Christian Luch- Is Monty's screen look that way for you guys, too, or is it just for me? Yeah, it's it's terrifying. It's terrifying. This is very, very scary visual. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I've turned my camera off now. But okay, like, what, what was it before? Did was I freeze? It the, was it the Very, sun's in your face? It was distorted. It was not. I'm pretty sure it wasn't the sun because it is in fact one AM. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me. Uh, this okay. is the guy with the ring. Yeah, right. you're fine. Are you? We're good. We're it good. just glitched for a minute. Yeah, we lost you, and then you came out like. Yeah, it was, anyway, it was fine on mine. Yeah. It was anyway. fine on my end as well. I'm very confused. It's still messed up on mine, but it's fine. Okay, maybe just for me. I don't know. Arn Anderson went backstage and got beat up. That was the point. Yeah. yeah. That's where we left off. Yeah, <laughs> Jam fought. <laughs> Manny fought him out in Jam. <laughs> Bitch, you know. Brave guess, I guess. You know. <laughs> um, but yeah, Luchasaurus versus Wardlow this Friday on Rampage, TNT Championship. Um, one to keep an eye on. Uh, okay. Hiroshi Tanahashi, second New Japan video package. Uh, he calls out MJF to a match at Forbidden Door, which is immediately made official, which we find out when uh, Renee Paquette, he goes in, she goes into MJF, who's getting some, you know, he's getting a little bit of treatment after his match. And Renee tells MJF that the match with Tanahashi at Forbidden Door is official. MJF does not seem very happy about it. He even hints at not showing up for it. He didn't agree to it, blah, 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 blah. But the match is official. We did the a graphic later in the show. So um, Tanahashi versus MJF, whole but whole but whole but this uh, MJF could get some uh, real good heat going and shit in this one, man. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll see if Tanahashi see how far Tanahashi can roll back the clock. You know, uh, he's kind of been he's you know he's what pops the nerds, you know, that love Tanahashi so much in recent years. So, you know, we know he's not the Tanahashi of his prime and of yesteryear, but when he gets on the big stage, he can usually roll the clocks back and genuinely amaze us, you know. Um, so, do you think he does that again here? Or where you are? I do. I, I think this is actually the perfect usage of both guys for this show. Um, I'm much more into Max's, like, 
I actually hate New Japan being used to build a professional wrestling match than the other, the alternative that at one point the discussion was like, yeah, he's just not going to be on it because that's the bit. And it's like, I guess, I mean, that sounded, that sounded real dumb to me. So yes, yeah, I much prefer this. And this is a perfect stylistic matchup because they can really have, you know, a 1980s NWA world title <laughs> match. And honestly, in some ways, I think Tanahashi's physical limitations are going to allow Max to have a more focused match than sometimes he does. And again, I think the world was a wrestler, but sometimes that could be an issue. You can kind of veer in every which direction. Here, he's not going to have the choice because Tanner's, you can't move like that anymore, you know? <laughs> so um, I think it's going to, I think this actually has like the potential to be a classic. I'm not saying it will be necessary, but I think if this is placed correctly and has around 20 minutes, I think you could get some near falls late in this where people are like, they actually believe again for a second that Tanahashi is going to do yeah. something insane because he does that to people. You know, he's he he's special. So as much as he's beaten up, I'm very confident this will be great. And also, Monty, um, a minute ago when I claimed your screen was distorted, it was actually completely me. Um, so I believe I was imagining that. I would like to note that and apologize to Charlie who thought she was imagining things. It was actually me. Please proceed. You'll be, you you'll be fine accordingly. It's all right. I will. Um, <laughs> no, no, bro, you made me go off camera. You know, I'm not gonna let that happen, man. I'm telling you, on my screen, he's distorted right here. Any where I'm fined, you send over to me, right? Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go on YouTube right now. And while I do this, Charlie, what mm -hmm. did you think of um, what do you think of the Tanahashi MGF matchup? Body taken off. Yeah, man, that's all you, bro. Because yeah, you, you look fine on the stream, so if it's still yeah. that way for me, that's even funnier. But anyway, Charlie, go ahead. Yeah. Carry on. <laughs> Sorry, that really threw me off. Just finally taking a photo on the stream. Um, I think this is, like uh, Joe was saying, this is like the best use of MJF on this show. I'm excited to be there for this match. Like like you were saying, like if they if Tanahashi can like suspend our disbelief, like the like the near falls and now i think it's going to be fucking insane in the building so i'm very excited to be there for that one and like mjf's so good he's like they're going to be able to put together a match like no matter how long it goes and what spots they're able to get in i think it's just going to be good no matter what not looking forward to like i'm less high on the whole i hate new japan bit yeah. but that might just be like because i just don't like mjf's promos in general so no, we agree on that. Surprised, it, but... it, it's more that I didn't want it to be like that's why he's not on the show. You yeah, know, like yeah. I, I think yeah. it can work because Tanahashi is kind of the protector of the promotion in some I ways. Think. But yeah, he embodies yeah, um, the promotion. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's like basically the perfect match for MJF's first forbidden door. Yes. Honestly, I will say when they threw the graphic up for this, like I think this would be great again to be clear. But I was thinking if you if Max could have wrestled like 2012 Hiroshi Tanahashi. Yeah. Oh. Because, you know, like Max likes to do like the kind of flair tribute act at times. I don't mean that as an insult, but Tanahashi had a lot of steamboat. He has a lot of steamboat, but he had a lot when he was younger, especially. So, but this would be great even as is because Tanahashi's that smart. So, yeah. I, I wish this match was happening in Japan, not Canada. But this is, I just can be honest. I've been, I've been asking for this match since. Since five four of twenty two since last year, you know, so since they announced Forbidden Door, and I'm glad we're finally getting it. This is gonna be poetry in motion, man. I'm telling you right here, this is this is gonna be some real shit. So 
I can't wait to see what they create. And you, you, this is like a definition of like if like if this was WWE, the five main events, you know, like you know when they do the two main event things. Yeah. There's actually mm-hmm. five main events for the show, so and that's not even including the eventual cool. Orange and Zack Saber Junior match. So show looks unbelievable. Or Kenta and yeah. Punk match. So that's this is just crazy. It's mm. the show when this all came to be, this whole partnership came to be. This, these are the matches we we dreamed yeah. up, right? Like this card is last year was one of the best shows in recent memory, and that was more of like a a, a hint of what we were expecting. This year we're getting the whole deal, so it's going to be incredible. Yeah, mm. yeah it'll be a bit. Most most of it expected to be some really good stuff, you know. It's, it's, it's Tanahashi, man, and as we just mentioned, MJF is just he's just rolling at the minute in the ring, you know. He um, he's killing it, so that's where we're at. Back to Dynamite. Uh, where are we at? Backstage with Orange Cassidy, Renee Paquette. That's Orange Cassidy. What the future holds for him? As he's answering, he's interrupted by New Japan's Zack Saber Junior. Zack Saber Junior. Then challenges Cassidy to a match at Forbidden Door. He's then interrupted by Daniel Garcia, who wants a shot at Orange Cassidy's friend, ROH Pure Champion, Shibata. Orange Cassidy then says he will team with Shibata in a tag team match versus Daniel Garcia and Zack Saber Jr. next week and walks off. Um, Daniel Garcia then goes to fist, bump, <laughs> fist bumps Zack Saber Jr., which he uh, hilariously declines. Charlie, you into this? Yes. Like, who isn't? Like, yeah. I feel like there's a little bit of every, like, something for everyone in, like, with the, the four people involved here. Mm-hmm. The tag match is going to be so fucking good. Like, Danny just doing his, like, sports entertainer shit while Zack Sabre Jr. talks shit at him from, like, the <laughs> ring corner, even though they're on the same team. It's just going to be so fucking good. I can't wait. Like, I hope they actually do this tag match. I know they haven't announced it officially yet, but they've teased it enough that I'm fairly confident that they're going to. I'm very excited. Yeah, got, you can't just like lie yeah. the match out like that, you know? Yeah, you can't just do that. Yeah, you can't do that to us, man. Um, and then, yeah, like, like, like Sabre Jr. vs. Orange Cassidy, that's going to be fantastic. Like, there's no way that it wouldn't be. So. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. but you fired up for this one? Absolutely. Daniel Garcia match, bro. You know, I'm always fired up for Daniel Garcia matches. He's got other good wrestlers involved. This could be, this could be a real treat. Good wrestlers, I say. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, this is... Uh, in the, to me, this is like the alternative, the other part of the Forbidden Door deal that we like, right? Like, the obvious part, as we just mentioned, is the pay-per-view card and matches like Okada and Dragon and that kind of... But this is the the more quirky part of the equation that I think we enjoy about this this kind of emerging season is weird shit like this. Like, if anyone had posted this as like a fantasy match graphic um, on Wednesday morning, people like, how do I get into this one? It's like, I'll tell you how, a 30 second batch day segment, and that's fine because that's all we needed because okay. it was it was fun, it was entertaining, and all these guys have personality, and all of them have very unique approaches to these segments. Orange Cassidy with the, uh, I loved his delivery of the, you know, someone's going to interrupt me any second, and he kind of pointed at Zach. Like, yeah. you know? um, so I, I think all these guys are great in this kind of setting. So I really love these quirky tags that this, this kind of season can yeah. allow. So um, yeah, I'm really excited for it, absolutely. Good stuff, man. Uh, Hooper, we're going to see some hooping in this tag match next week if we get it. It's going to be a lot of great stuff, but I want to point out that uh, did you hear the crowd react to when Daniel, Sar- Daniel Garcia came out on, on the camera? Yeah. Bro, they, they went loud for him. So, I mean, if this doesn't show where he, he is right now in the company, I mean, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, this guy's going to be a future star for them. 
and he's going to show out in this match. I mean, it's just four great professional wrestlers going to have a great match. So can't wait to see it. Yeah, man. Good stuff. Looking forward to it, to be honest. Uh, Tony next- Storm. Go on. Oh, I forgot. Zach looked like an absolute star. He looked like he should be on TV. So. Oh, he's, it's been been known for a while that Zach would always be good TV. You know, he's just, just the way he, just the way he is, you know. He's just... Anyway, I love Zach. He's, he's great, man. Um, all right, next up on Dynamite, Tony Storm defeats Sky Blue, AEW Women's Championship match. Uh, I like this, man. I thought this was good. Uh, Tony Storm gives Sky Blue a lot, uh, which was good to see, you know, because they're clearly, you know, they're clearly trying to do something with Sky Blue at the moment in terms of making her feel like a regular TV presence and establishing her as like a real competitor on the show. And I think this... Um, this went a ways of doing it. Like I said, Tony Storm gave her a lot. And um, like I said, in a good way. So, good stuff, I thought. Uh, Manny, what did you think, mate? The match was good. This me that... But... <laughs> me that was he always seems so off guard when you ask him about a women's match, bro. You see, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> no, it's I was crazy, gonna, bro. Oh, no, no, I was going to talk about the, the match was good, but to me, I, th- I think the best stuff was the, them playing promos on each other after the match and them just doing the little bits where where Tony Storm was like, he called, he's like, I'm going to be your stepmom to to Sky Blue and all that. And what they're doing, I think that stuff was a lot better than the match, in my opinion, just them building up to the tag match on Saturday. Well, there you have it. <laughs> the Hooper's tag. Hold up. What did you think of this? Do you think it achieved in uh, establishing Scott Blue sure. as a uh, competitor on the show? Yeah, for sure it did. I, I like this. I think they're actually Sky, like you, I, early on, her stuff was a little loose and she got in, she grew into the match. And by the end of it, she was looking more like the rest of Sin and Ring of Honor, mm-hmm. which is very understandable because it's, it's they're different settings, you know. So, um, but the biggest thing, more than me analyzing the how tight the, the match got over, that's the most important mm-hmm. thing. And that's the thing with Sky is like, people like sky blue she gets over live and i think you kind of saw that here on the finish is people were like they decided they thought there was a chance she was going to win this match and there was and even though they knew there was no chance that's the beauty of wrestling right and they did a finish that was effective in that regard i think tony storm is like she seems to be having an absolute blast with this run right now you know previously yeah. with with tony i i've talked about how I love her work in the ring, but I, I think she sometimes struggles to find who she is as a wrestling personality. You know, I'm not, look, this may not be everyone's ideal version of her. We're getting with the outcast, but it sure seems like she's kind of letting loose in that regard and having fun and, and really rolling with it and trying to get the people to boo her. So I thought she was terrific here and uh, sky continues to improve and uh, another positive for sure. I mean, again, like, you know, I'm not trying to overstate or anything, but most important thing, it got over. And that's, that's all you can, you can hope for, right? So this worked the trigger, actually, I thought, in the end. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, Charlie, what did you think of this uh, women's title match? Yeah, I thought it was good. Um, I like the fact that Sky Blue's still getting, like, consistent TV time. I do think she should start picking up wins now that she's had this title match and it, like, got over as much as it did. I want to see her start getting pins on people and start building up some proper momentum and that because she is getting a lot better. Like, she is, like, one of... I would say, like, one, like in the women's division, she's, like, one of their more underrated projects. Like, they've been putting a lot into her, and I'm glad that it's paying off for her. So I'm excited to see, like, where that goes and, like, what they're building to in general. And I think the tag match on Saturday will be a lot of fun with Willow. I like that Willow came down. 
to make the save and she got her pop. She, like I love seeing Willow on TV no matter what she's doing. I think that I think AW is just rewarding Sky and Willow for always doing the house shows and all that because I think I think they're the only women I think that are constantly on them. So I mean that's really cool that I think Anna J has been on the house shows. To be fair, yeah, I'm pretty sure in Anna J. <laughs> I'm right there, right? She has a lot of it. No, I think she's only been on one. I mean, I think she was only in that. Uh, I think just that set match, wasn't it? I think so. I could be wrong. I don't know. But yeah, I, I, we're not here to discuss how she's Tony Storm's done at least two. So I don't yeah, really know what's... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, to your point about Sky's <laughs> kind of win loss record, if it was like Saturday, it could be a chance to get her a win, right? Yeah. In Chicago. If it was like. I yeah. I mean, I was thinking about. I could be wrong on this, but. Sky debuted in uh, All Out 2021, right? That was like the, or that was like not her debut. That was like her first big deal. Remember, because she got added to the Battle Royal in Chicago, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, this is to your point, Charlie, about this being a project. We're almost two years into this run, mm-hmm. now, and I know she's only been all elite for a portion of that, but like, is is a real thing, and in a lot of that, you know, obviously she's been working outside of the promotion to, to what Manny was mentioning, so. Yeah, this is a. It's been an under, kind of understated positive story, I think, for the division. It's been good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, after the match, as Charlie touched on, uh, Ruby and Tony they try and attack Sky Blue, and then Willow Nightingale, Willow Nightingale, New Japan Strong Women's Champion, she makes a save. This sets up a collision match on Saturday, which is going to be the four women involved in the tag match. So of course, Ruby Soho, Tony Storm versus Willow Nightingale and Sky Blue. Um, and uh, as Manny touched on as well, there was a few promos as well to build to this. So, yeah, man, uh, good stuff. Next up, we had a backstage interview with Hook and Jack Perry. Renee asked how the guys are feeling. Jack Perry says he feels like it's time he got some gold and he officially accepts Sonata's IWGP World Heavyweight Championship Open Challenge at Forbidden Door. He then asked Hook if he'll be in his corner. And, of course, Hook agrees to... So uh, yeah, some uh, match being made official. We got the we got the uh, the match graphic that's official. Jack Perry versus Sonata, IWGP World Heavyweight Championship at Forbidden Door. Hawk is going to be in the corner of Jack Perry, which could lead to some interesting stuff taking place either during or after the match. Um, I'm not mad at this man. I'm I'm not mad at you. I'm not mad at this match. Um, Manny, how are you feeling about it? Hook, you better watch your back with this man. He's going to turn on you. And when he does, it's not going to be good for you. So, uh, the match, fuck, I don't know. It's going to be there. It's going to be a good match, I guess. So, the one thing I, I mean, I'm just really invested in this Jungle Boy Hook thing. I hope they, I just hope they just don't turn right away because I kind of want to see them tag a few more matches. Then they break up. But, but it would be, if, but if Jungle Boy does turn on Forbidden Door, it would make sense because he's lost every title match, and seeing and then seeing Hook with the FTW title would just make you guys snap. So there you go. There you have it, Holbert. What do you think of mm-hmm. this? Uh, what do you think of this Forbidden Door matchup? I actually quite like it. I think it's pretty smart too. That like, you know, we've talked about how Sonata doesn't have like an obvious dance partner, right? He's not one of the guys who you put in these like blockbuster all star matchups, but. Jack, I think, has more than enough credibility to make it a worthwhile thing on the show. Mm-hmm. And you're also, you're giving Sonata, you know, that that spotlight and that win while developing a story you're telling with your own guy, right? So, like, I think it kind of helps both parties. It's going to have a chance for Sonata not to be the B, the B player in a, in a deal and get a clear win. 
and then you can do your stuff with Jack. So I think it'll be good. I will say I don't need it to be especially long. I think if this is in the 12 to 15 range, they can actually have a really good match, to be honest. I think when you go, you extend it beyond that, I would have some concerns, but I'm not a big Snyder fan, so maybe that's unfair on my part. But uh, I actually think it'll be, it'll be pretty damn good. I, I like it, personally. Uh, yeah. I see. <clears throat> so I want to bring up Fredo's comment right here about the... Um, who? Fredo. We're talking about the smaller guys. He's getting this match because where is it? It bugs me that JB's probably wouldn't get an IWG title mat title shot anywhere else because he's smaller than most, if not all, the juniors. And I agree, but this is one of the cool things about this partnership is you're gonna see yeah. a lot of these guys wrestle. Yeah, a whole bunch of guys you wouldn't see, and that's the best thing. Like, look at Jay White, man. He would never have wrestled some of the guys he's wrestling in in AW, and now he's having unique and kind of crazy looking matches. So. I mean, it's gonna it's gonna be kind of interesting to see Sonata to see what Sonata does with Jungle Boy yeah, in that definitely. aspect. Definitely, uh, Charlie, how are you feeling about the matchup and, of course, the implications it may have for Jungle Hawk? I think I think it's actually quite inspired booking because of like no one would have pitched Jack Perry as like the person to face Sonata, but I think like Joe was saying, if they kept it short. And they don't like try to prolong it just for the sake of it being on a pay per view. I think this could be really good. And Jack has such a high ceiling with pay per view matches, anyways. Mm-hmm. Like he's gonna deliver no matter what happens. So I'm excited for it. And like Joe was saying, like they it like lends itself to the story they're already telling with uh, Jack Perry and Hook. So I'm excited about it. I think it could be something that like people come out of the pay per view being like, "Wow, that over delivered because yeah, of." Mm-hmm. Like on paper, it doesn't sound like a match that should be booked on a show like this, but I'm excited for it. Yeah, excuse me, I was just uh, coughing on mute. Um, all right, next up, we had a few promo packages. We had video packages for Okada versus Danielson, Omega versus Osprey, Bindor. We also got a uh, promo package from uh, Jay White, Bully Club Gold. Uh, FTR promoting AW Collision main event, CMFTR versus Bullet Club Gold and Samoa Joe. Um, and then we have the big main event people. Uh, Hangman Adam Page and the Young Bucks defeat the Black Bull Combat Club. Hangman Adam Page pinned Wheeler Utah. Uh, this was a really, really good match, man. Um, good stuff. And of course, there was all of the commotion that unfolded after, but let's just keep it as the match for now because there's so much to get into with the afters. It will be like its own separate segment. Um, But yeah, just as a match, Charlie, I'll start with you. Uh, Your takeaway from this one. The Elite got the win. The Elite got the win. They've finally got a win in this feud, it feels like. Um, Probably no surprise to anyone. I really loved this match. I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, The bugs coming out in cowboy hats, like the visual of that and like the silhouette just popped me huge. Yeah. I thought it was great. Um, they were just, like, going a little bit crazy, it felt like, but I don't know what I expected. It's the Elite and Black Bull Combat Club. They were always going to be, like, crazy in a match like this. Mm-hmm. Like, Hangman doing the shooting star press on the apron, I can't remember the last time I've seen him do that. I don't think he's done that in AEW, so that was kind of, like, nuts oh, to see. Yeah. So. But, yeah, man. It was just a really good match. I don't know uh, like what to say other than the fact that I'm just going to talk in circles about how much I loved it and how much of a good time I had with it. So Yeah, yeah I, think you've, I don't think you've shocked anyone, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, loving the match. Take, it, it was good shit, man. It was good shit. Manny, yeah. I'd assume that you like this one as well. 
Go ahead. I'm throwing my hand up on this. Uh, I didn't watch it. <clears throat> yeah, I, I, have to, I have to go back and rewatch it. I was distracted during this match. Oh, what? I was doing something. I was. What was I talking about? There's no playoffs on. There's no like. Come on, yeah, man, get it together. I think I, I think I was making a quesadilla. <laughs> so I was just. I, I was I was watching on my phone and all that. And by the time I came back to my my computer to watch it, it was when everybody was coming out. So that's hands up, man. That's that's on me. I should have watched the biggest match on the show. I thought I was gonna make my quesadilla fast enough. I mean, it was a really good <laughs> this guy's food. It's like it's ruining his it's ruining yeah. his online career. You know, it's making him like to podcasts. He's missing big segments and matches. He's, yeah, it's it's not good, man. Not good. And I, I was gonna watch it before the show, but then, like I said, the spaghetti took me out. So <laughs> I mean, I appreciated that once again you were magnanimous <clears throat> enough to say, you know, it's on me, guys, because we were debating <laughs> if it was our fault, you know. So I appreciate it. Good stuff, man. Oh, my little hooper. All right, Hulbert, I'll throw it to you, man. Uh, your thoughts on just the match by itself. Good. This thing was incredible, man. This was outrageous. Professional, they went twelve minutes. They they jammed so much stuff in the yeah. in the first and third act of this match that by the end of it you had to have like an exhale. I was ready to go have a smoke and I don't smoke and I was so I was so exhausted. By it. It was like, this, was a, this was fucking incredible. Like, I haven't seen that much talk about it today, and I, I haven't been as online as all as, the actors that everyone's talking. about. Exactly, that's what I was. Yeah, that was the. Head. I thought this match was like extraordinary, and in the yeah. middle of it, and this is the thing with the Bucks people always miss is like the the front. You know, the front end and the back end of the match is what people will kind of uh, will remember. And rightly so, because that's the spectacular. And that's when the Bucks get to do the full, like, you know, the, the, the high-octane offense and such. But I would implore anyone who thinks the Bucks are somehow, they still think they're these, like, one-trick ponies, watch Nick Jackson playing babyface in peril in the middle of the match, because they got heat on Nick. And this was, like, as well as you'll see a guy play that role these days almost anywhere – and it's the complete opposite to what people think the young bucks, you know, can and can't yeah. do. And that's always been, you know, that's been out of date for like eight years now. But my point being that they had they somehow, somehow managed to have two great matches in one here in 12 minutes. And I don't really know how. I've rewatched <laughs> it a couple of times. This was, I always was unbelievably good. Like just yeah. great TV, electric stuff. So I loved it. Yeah. And speaking of which, it then unfolds into chaos, you know, but good chaos, very good chaos. Yeah. Um, so hanging out of page, he pins Weirdo Utah. Weirdo Utah, as you mentioned on yesterday's podcast, Joe. You know he's uh he's got a few pins and he's looked strong as of late, and he, he can eat that he can hold that pin, you know, and it's mm-hmm. it's not that damaging to him. Uh, but yeah, after the match, that ball combat club attempt to attack Hangman and the books, and then Eddie Kingston's music hits. Uh, absolute scenes, you know, where you've been, Eddie. Jim Ross famous quote, you know. Um, <laughs> where you being, Eddie, with Misha? Um, everyone kind of scatters around, clears the ring almost, besides Claudio. Eddie has his eyes on Claudio, makes his way to the ring. The two men brawl with Eddie kind of getting the better of Claudio. Willie Uta tries to get involved and he gets dealt with as well. John Moxley then shows up behind Kingston, but he's kind of conflicted because obviously they're supposedly still friends. So they just kind of awkwardly stare at each other for like two, three seconds before Matt Jackson gets back involved and he jumps Moxley from behind. Eddie then pulls Matt Jackson off Moxley, which causes a bit of tension as well with those two. Moxley and Eddie then get in each other's faces. Then Takeshita comes out and he... um, 
he runs out and he takes out Eddie Kingston and Nick Jackson uh, as the ring empties. Then Kenny Omega's music hits and he comes out and he starts to get the better of Takeshita in a brawl. Then more brawling just continues between everyone and then it kind of leaves Omega and Takeshita in the ring again. Uh, Omega's lining up a V-trigger on Takeshita and then out of nowhere, Will Ospreay joins in the fun and he jumps Kenny Omega and wipes him out. Uh, a truly wild last five minutes of the show with mm-hmm. all that stuff that I just mentioned. I probably missed a few little things as well. Um, this was crazy, man. This was great TV. Everyone left the show, like from what I saw at least online, the reaction from everyone was like, oh my God, what did we just see? That was insane, you know? And that's what you want to be leaving the show feeling. And uh, it let it, you know, it planted seeds for next week like, or, or the next shows that are happening, happening later in the week, like what's Will Ospreay doing here? What are they going? What's going to be the fallout next week, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera. Like this is how he closed a pro wrestling show. You know, um, obviously not every week you're going to have the opportunity to do something this chaotic uh, with this many big stars, but you know, kind of the premise of it in what mm-hmm. what the feelings that it makes you feel leaving the show. You know, you want to watch the next thing immediately. So uh, a lot of stuff, a lot of good stuff, a lot of positive reception. Manny the Hooper, you said this is what you did catch. So. Um, Let's just pretend that you saw a great main event and then all this shit happened. So what's your takeaway on it? This is probably the best ending to a Dynamite in a long, long time. And I think these are the participants we are going to see in the Blood and Guts match. And then if they do want to get crazy, they can just, you know, wait. They would, they, would, they, would have, they would have to add Ibushi to make the six on six. So Yeah, I was, I was trying to work out the numbers. Yeah, me too. As soon as I said it, I said, oh, shit, no, dude. But, good you know, stuff. they were good at math, so, you know, and there you go. So, but um, to me, the, my favorite segment of this whole was the whole Eddie Kingston thing because it added so many layers to this uh, BCC feud because, you know, obviously Eddie Kingston hates Claudio, and they made that canon in AW2 again last night. And then my favorite part is when Eddie slid into the ring, he couldn't get back up fast enough, so he just – Took it, he just took Claudio down like that, and they started brawling. And I almost started crying, getting emotional when I saw Moxie and Eddie coming head to head. I said, Oh man, not, not now, man. You gotta, you gotta <laughs> sit together. I remember the memories, and I'm just, I'm, do, just bro. I'm just electric, bro. I, I just, I was just so pumped about what was gonna happen, you know. I mean, I don't know, I don't, I'm, I was speechless, but I don't know what to say. I watched this thing like maybe like six times. I just, I just keep watching it because it was just one of the best innings to dynamite. Yeah, it was uh it was really good shit like I've tried to put across uh Holbert, what did you think of this chaotic last five minutes? This was just an absolute wrestling television masterpiece right here. This was like the the wrestling TV you aspire to. And you can't do it too much because if you do it too much, unfortunately it becomes like a parody of itself, as we found with Nitro back in the day, but if you do it right, and here's the other thing too, Eddie set the tone in the sense that he was the surprise none of us expected. Like, no one predicted Eddie to be involved in this angle at all. So with that, everything that came after, even though you could have probably sat down and expected those or predicted those, maybe not in one segment, you knew that eventually Kenny was going to come back and get someone to catch. You knew Osprey was going to get Kenny. But by leading with Eddie... You set the tone with saying it was so unpredictable that the other things actually felt unpredictable also because you yeah. couldn't believe they were doing them on top of what we just had. Um, 
great execution on the Osprey running in particular. I thought they they nailed that. I thought, and the timing was great, and just an absolute home run. Like a, a special ending to what I think is honestly one of the best episodes they've ever done. I truly feel that way, and I've you know I've seen almost all of them. I think I've covered most of them at this point, and um, I think it's one of the best episodes I've done like they've ever done. And a big part of what we remember from it, while the rest of the show was great, or most of it was great. This closing segment will be remembered for a long, long time. This, you know, people were joking last night. This is give one of those clips that we get reposted for the next twenty years on the many different social media platforms that will come and go. Um, but yeah, the, the big toe of me, I'm, I'm with Manny. Obviously, my my uh, investment is very much with Eddie Kingston. So I was thrilled to see him back. And this Moxley story has been bubbling, not on the actual TV show, but simply in the brains of people that love Eddie Kingston. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Moxley is his only friend, you know, and it's like Mox, you know, it's Claudio's guys. So. I can't wait. I, I just love all this, and best of all, I trust the guys involved to tell the story correctly, and that's just really important. So, huge home run. Joe, Joe, I hope Eddie Kingston brings it up, like, he's like, bro, you took Claudio to New Japan before you took me to New Japan? And all that. <laughs> I, I just hope that he brings he brings that up, because that would be awesome. Yeah, there's definitely, uh, definitely many layers that can touch on with that one. Um, Charlie, a very big night in the, um, mm-hmm. in, the char- in the Charlie fandom household last night yes. <laughs> uh how was you feeling coming out of this dynamite after what you just seen it was just it got me even more excited for forbidden door which i didn't think was possible because i've been so excited for it for weeks now because of mm-hmm. like gonna be there in person i've said it like every podcast i've been on for Fair. fuck myself long, so. you're traveling across the world you know yeah man get your shit off, you know? <laughs> um it was just it was crazy in the best way possible like like Joe was saying, like starting with Eddie, like everything else, it was just like thing after thing after thing in like five minutes. It was like you couldn't like process what had just happened, mm-hmm. like before the next thing was already happening. I'm not, I think Eddie will be involved with this storyline going forward. I'm not too convinced on um, Osprey being too heavily involved in it, like other outside of like the Kenny stuff. Um, we could potentially see like, Osprey and Takeshita teaming up if Takeshita does join the United Empire, which I still could think, still do think could happen in the future. And Don Callis linking up with uh, Osprey and them lot. There was like some things going on on the outside. Like when, like the timing of Osprey coming in, it stopped Kenny doing the Terminator dive, I think. I mm-hmm. think that's what he was going for next because uh, Takeshita rolled out. Mm-hmm. So it was just really exciting stuff. I'm, I'm very pumped for the did, next few weeks. Did you see the shot where I think it was towards the end or might have been after? It was just like it was Will Ospreay's uh, Titantron, and there was just Callus was right next. Yeah, to, right. Yeah, I, did, <laughs> I think yeah, really, I did maybe that had been foreshadowing. Who knows? But uh, yeah, bro, I, Osprey, man, he, he might be fucked up, bro. But he still has that explosiveness. You see how how hard he mm-hmm. hit that ring? He, yeah, he hit yeah. it like in one motion. So that was yeah. Awesome. That kick was right on the money. It was, it was like it came out of fucking nowhere. It was perfect. It really was. It yeah. was that was the most well executed part of the whole thing. And obviously, I loved it all just conceptually, and it was all great. But that was that nailed it. Perfect way to finish it. Right. So yeah, absolutely. Man, that hidden. I always every time I see the hidden blade, bro, especially mm. from the front, something about it is just so electrifying because it just it's, it looks like it kills people. The hidden, yeah, the hidden blade. No from one the front should kick out of that move. Genuinely, yeah. I hate like, that he has people kick out of it. 
Yeah, and mm. I, I'm very seldom that guy, but that move looks way too cool to be for him to like the way he does it. People kick out that shit all the time. It's like, man, that feels yeah. like what's all the coolest looking moves in wrestling? It's yeah. awesome. He does what is it? I think the which one do you prefer, the front or the back? Because I prefer the one to the face, the front of the face. The one to the face definitely looks more like devastating, you know. Yeah. Um, then the one to the back of the head, it looks really good in the moment, 100%. Uh, but that's mainly down to how well Osprey's got down to like perfecting it. Um, yeah. Remember, he fucking KO'd um, Ibushi at Wrestle he Kingdom. Can, yeah. <laughs> he can find a lot, like, it's a lot easier for him to find creative transitions into it when it's to the face because it's like, it's a more kind of um, seamless transition, right? That way, like, yeah. he's yeah. right in front of the guy and he can go straight with it. So, what? yeah. When he hit, Ar- when I was like, I was watching the match with Archer that happened like a week ago. When he when he kept spamming it on him, I was yeah. yelling at my screen. I said, "Fuck, he's gonna kill him! He's gonna kill him!" Osprey's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, offense is so like explosive, you know. Yeah, um, whether it's a strike like the hidden blade, or whether it's fucking him making up dives as he goes along, you know, um, he's an animal, man. Um, yeah. He's as dynamic as it comes, you know. Um, he's got um, snap. He's got come on, Joe. No, just before we move on, because I know we we got the the collision preview and also talk about Carlito. Um, before we move on, I don't know when Blood and Guts is going to be. We need to give ourselves some runway here for some of these singles matches, mm-hmm. because if you look at the squad that we're expecting to be in this Blood and Guts match, many of which are like obviously going to be in it. There's so many singles matches, and even the ones that aren't like obvious, like for example, like. Doing a wheelie at Eddie Kingston singles on a you know on a TV like please I just, I need yeah. that shit you know I mean obviously the Dragon Kenny rematch goes about saying we've been waiting for a while on that one right like we, we're hoping Claudio we'll versus Nick Jackson of course I'll of course. get that match of course it yeah, feels like a bit at this point <laughs> it, it genuinely feels like a bit that they keep yeah. pairing them off in these situations mm-hmm. Charlie was yeah. Was was it you that tweeted out they should do a whole dynamite with all the matches and have them all be qualifiers and whoever Whatever team wins by the end of the night, they have the advantage in blood and guts. It might have been, That's yeah. a cool idea. I'm not going to take credit for it because it, it might have been. Annoying, but... It might have been Peps. Yeah. Just... There's so many great matchups. You could... How do you get Charlie mixed up with Pep? <laughs> <laughs> I think it was something Charlie would say, but you could at least thought said Peach or someone, you know, like, <laughs> like, you know, Peps. <laughs> Shout out Peps song. Joshi, weepy Joshi yes. Goldwriter at WrestlePurist. Great guy. Okay. Don't know how he's been confused with Charlie, though. God yes. bless. True true hooperism right what there. Um, but yeah, as Joe said earlier, Dynamite was great. Uh, truly, one of the, the yeah, one of their great episodes. Um, I know it feels like every few weeks they have one of these, but I feel like sometimes that gets overstated, you know, because you see like Dynamite, it'll go in like these, you know, like, it feels like one of those things like perception was, one week, everyone's fucking crazy high on it for two weeks. Mm-hmm. And then people are kind of like in the middle with it. And then they'll have like a kind of, they'll have an episode that gets bad reception, you know. And then everyone will think it's all over, the promotion's finished. And then, you know, then it'll come back again. So sometimes I do think like some of the highs can be a bit overstated because of that, because of the way it goes up and down in terms of perception. But I think nights like last night really, really do show like, they're great shows. Like Blast Night was an actual great AEW show, like a top ten, top five, mm-hmm. you know. Um, 
since Monty's frozen, uh, I'm gonna say one thing. If Tony Khan's a real booker, you know he would book. Uh, he would book. Uh, oh, I'm back. O- Okada and uh, Okada Omega versus Danielson and Osprey next week. Going you know, out there, I, I predicted it two weeks ago, and. It looks like I don't think Dragon. Him. I don't think Dragon's gonna wrestle to the pay. If it was like, want to make sure he's gonna blank it, right? If it was like, mm, yeah, he's wrapped uh, in fucking yeah. bubble wrap right now. He's not allowed well, to be commentary booth. Well then, I'll sprint to Kesha. There you go. There you go. There's so many matchups that you can do. You can't really go wrong yeah. with it. Uh, also, apologies for my uh, my boy for just he just gave up for three <laughs> for like three seconds. It was really weird. Um, but yeah, man, that was dynamite for for you. Great show. Um, all right, last news thing is what well, is also sharing the fun now because of course it was the big story this morning. Uh, Carlito, where was the more... big story? Bro, <laughs> Carly, it's Carlito, man. It's it's fucking. Oh, come on, it wasn't on my timeline, bro. I didn't see that. You've got a weird timeline, man. And we've established this many episodes, <laughs> many many episodes ago. Um, so, yeah, Kylie um, may be signed with WWE. It seems to be that way. He's cancelling independent, uh, independent <laughs> bookings. <laughs> oh, uh, you good? Your internet's broken up. <laughs> oh, let me know then, man. Jesus. See, they, oh, see Monty, they, they just laugh at you. I just sit here. Yeah, like, I'm like, in the middle of like, trying to explain what's going on. I've got the giggly school kicks. It made a very loud noise, you see. That's what I'm saying. I mean, it's fine. It's just, it's just it's right. funny. So it's funny. Carlito's um, cancelling independent appearances, basically. One of the promoters jumped on Facebook and on a live stream and said basically it was because they were told he is signing with WWE. Um, of course, a lot of people were kind of... Um, a lot of people were happy to see him. A lot of people were hyped when they saw him at the Puerto Rico Backlash pay-per-view. He looked great. People have been saying this for a minute now. Like when he showed up in Royal Rumble like a couple of years ago, he's kept himself in great shape. He definitely looks TV ready. Anyone that remembers Carlito from back in the day knows that he can definitely do the dance in the ring. Um, he can cut promos. He can do all that good stuff. Uh, but yeah, we ain't going to spend too, too long on it, especially with Manny's reaction to the story even being brought up. But um, What's he going to do? What do you mean? Was he's gonna wrestle, bro? <laughs> the fuck! He's not like he's. Are you, he's, are you, are you I just try to. Bro, like, I just try to. Fi- I just try to put across. He's physically in great shape. People like Carlito, bro. Like, do you have on your whiteboard like circle to Carlito, Dominic Mysterio, or something? I don't. I don't. I, don't, I just. I don't know what he's gonna. What... I mean, that's what creatives for. They're clearly gonna find a place for him. Yeah, bro. Bro wants me to like give a whole story. <laughs> There's plenty of people who could put him in the ring. Like, it's Carlito. It's going to be good no matter yeah, what. People, they'll pop for him. You know, people will yeah. pop for him. People will like him. People will be happy to see him. You know, um, Obviously, they've got the whole LWO thing going on, which he was already been kind of involved with at that at that past pay-per-view. Like, there's definitely things that they can do with him, bro. Like, it's, <laughs> you know, um, there's definitely less interesting people on TV. Let's put it that way. You know, be kind of a crazy spot is if like he's eating the apple and like Walter just chops him and he spits out the apple. I mean, that's like the only cool thing I can see, you know. Might took you like 10 seconds to think of that, so put run to something, you know. But I was, I was just flabbergasted. I just, I just, I just... <laughs> right. uh, 
Yeah, so uh, do we do we think we see? I'll throw it to Hall, but you know, uh, Carlito. I know you're absolutely ecstatic with this one. You know, um, oh, yeah. do you actually do you actually think he's signed with WWE? Do you think he'll be wrestling much? Do you think like what sort of role do you see him in? He'll probably wrestle for a couple of years, and then they'll probably you know see if he could uh, fill a role as a coach or an agent. I know mm. once upon a time that would have been unfathomable, but much weirder things have happened if you look at who currently coaches and agents there. So that's generally how they do that kind of deal. Um, I don't know how well he can, like, uh, how would I put this, move in his current form. He famously transformed himself into a, a body guy, his words, not mine, around a decade ago. And I have seen yeah. um, one professional wrestling match that wasn't the Royal Rumble in that time, I believe, from Collier, and it was the tag he did with Jeff Hardy. And it well, did not confirm well. or deny my, you know, I wasn't sure afterwards whether he could move or not. He looks incredible, though. He does, so, yeah. Good for him. I always liked Collier back in the day. Um, and yeah, the big man is back, I guess, right? It's gonna be a hell of a run. I'm sure he's yeah, gonna... you can you'll spit some apple in Don Mysterio's face or some shit, you know. People will love that, you know. Yeah. WWE, bro. Manny Manny tried to book this off, it's fucking I always wonder I always wonder if Carl, I always wonder if Carlito always finished the apple or what do they do with the apple after he bites it? So if anybody knows, let me know. Goes in the bin, I'd assume, Manny. No, it's not. Oh, that's a it's, not it's not. It's not rocket science, you know. <laughs> like, Jesus. Just somebody just hold it for him after the match. I mean, I don't know. How, I mean, no, just get thrown away, bro. Like, that's, a waste, that's a waste of an apple. Yeah, um, I'm sure they're worried about it. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that's what their uh, their budgeting team is looking at. Anyway, um, so I'm just thinking about the world. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, <laughs> all right, man. Um, let's talk these quarter hours since they've been sent to us. Charlie, uh, I was I was surprised. Like, even with the chat, even with the chat giving me the pre warning um, of how these uh, these writing trends went last night. So uh, just to go through it, of course, the the peak viewership segment was MJF versus Adam Cole. First fifteen minutes of that. The peak demo was. The last six minutes of Cole versus MJF and the CM Punk video package and Sammy Guevara Darby Allen live promo. That was a peak in the... No, hold on. I've got this wrong. No, I haven't. Yes, I have. No, I haven't. Adam Cole and MJF was the peak, basically. It's because it goes across three segments. It's, it threw me off, you know. Um, but yeah, look, that, that, last, uh, that last hour drop, Last thirty minutes drop, should I say, was uh, it's kind of brutal. I can't lie. Um, <laughs> so the last over sixty thousand people in the eighteen to forty nine for the finish of Wardler versus Hager and some of the video packages, and of course the women's match as well. And then from there, it just continued to drop, man. Um, and by the end of it, we ended up for the main event. 699,000 viewers with 324,000 people in the key demo, which is um, almost what we're talking. We're talking just over 200,000 people dropped out from start to finish. And in the demo, which I think is probably more damning, they lost nearly 100,000 people in the demo from start to finish, which is um, 
you know, <laughs> it's uh, it's kind of I find it really weird these days. How like I think it's kind of like because it's the way AEW's been, and since AEW's came into the wrestling business, like it's uh, it's put more emphasis on some of like, the ratings discourse and stuff and things that people look for. But like this kind of trend of AEW's peak being the first quarter, and then it just slowly goes down like of course not normally to this extent but it does usually go go down throughout the show that isn't how wrestling was like you know back in the day like you you do your big angle or something at the start and you build to your main event and your main event or something close to your main event would be peak quarter that doesn't really happen in aw which is uh it's just kind of interesting to me like how that trend is you know um Especially when it's a loaded main event like last night, you know it's, it seems like they have a a issue almost with like retaining their whole audience and keeping them invested and maybe even bringing some back for the main event and stuff like that. Um, an interesting one, Charlie. I know uh, this ain't this ain't the greatest day to be claiming that the elite are absolutely, you know. Um, irreplaceable, huge draws, the backbone of the company, even though we know all these things are basically true anyway. Um, But like I said, it's not really a great day to be shouting about it, is it? Well, you know me, I don't buy into ratings discourse ever. I've never used this to my agendas. It doesn't matter. I only use it for agendas. That's Mm. right, Charlie, you're a real adult here, you know. 100%. (laughs) I've it's never referred to the ratings when trying to get no. a point across. No, who um, would do such a thing? Yeah, exactly. I, it's just interesting. Like this was a massive drop off. Like, Big, yeah. and I just don't understand why it happens. Not just because it was the elite. Like, it happens a lot to like a lot of talent they put in the main event. And I just don't understand why ratings drop like that sometimes. But it is what it is. It happened. I can't change it. Yeah, it's like the competition, like, uh, it's, it wasn't as, um, I'm sure there's stuff on, like, I'm sure someone will mention Vanderpump Rules or whatever other shit is on mm. TV, you know, and of course that draws good numbers, but it's not like, um, it's not like it's a big sports event, it's not like the NBA Finals was on last night, it's not like anything yeah. like that was on last night, so, um, I think those are, like, the biggest, like, when it comes to ratings and, like, other stuff being on, that'll, like, really hurt it. Of course, you've got other wrestling shows, but, like, live sports and um, and all that stuff with, like, Trump was going on, you know, uh, those things really... But when people start to bring up, like, oh, wow, Vanderpump Rules was on, or it's just like, come on, bro, you know? Like, what is that? <laughs> what, what, what is that? What do you get rid of that? AEW fans don't care about that shit. And even if they do, it's, like, it's very minuscule amount, surely, you know? Um, Did you so, make that up? Is that a real show? That's a real show. It's a real show that has been mentioned by certain journalists many times about when talking about AW writing. So let me look this shit up, bro. I don't even know what the hell. Is. <laughs> I mean, you can wait until after the show, can't you, mate? Um, but yeah, Dynamite ratings, Holbert, interesting trend that we're seeing. Why do you think them such a big drop off in the last fortnight? So I'm not educated on this matter at all, but am I right in saying this is like a trend with trios matches? Wasn't this like a thing previously with trios matches when we were doing the whole the, the big elite realm with the trios matches? And I guess what I mean by this, I would assume part of the audience just doesn't see there's a great deal of stakes to them. Um, 
because they're like a you know they're like a road two kind of thing. I mean, personally, I think they're fucking awesome, so I don't, it doesn't really bother me. But you know, it does seems to be a trend. Why, from what I recall, the conversation being, but I mean, ultimately, I think it's always hard with this stuff because you can draw you can draw conclusions one direction, and the next week they can go in the complete other, right? Like as we've learned with these Zach wrestlers that was up and down this week, we've previously gone the other way on. So. I, I'm not. I don't follow it close enough to give like a really qualified comment. I, if, if it's a trios thing, I, I would assume based on personal experience, it's because people don't think there's a great deal of stakes to the match. To which I would say, um, I don't care. It rules. <laughs> you know what I think about wrestling for the masses, Monty. I've I've a clear stance on that. I'm going to leave it. Yeah, there. it's just sort of fair. You know, fair is fair. People like what the lot people are interested in, what they're interested in, and it so. It's uh that's always going to be the case when talking about ratings, you know, um, levels of interest and stuff. I think it is a good point to bring up the trios, the trios element of it. It's like, yeah, we can be like, oh, wow, it had Moxie, it had this guy, it had that guy in it, blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, it was still a trios match. And a lot of wrestling fans just look at a trios match and they're just kind of like, what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They want yeah. the big singles matches, they want the title matches, they want, you know, if you that's what they see as main events, you know. So maybe that was a factor, but this isn't, wildly out of the usual for AEW to like lose people sure, in yeah. their um in their final quarters. Although this drop off was bigger than usual, which is uh, I guess an interesting point of they discussion. A much better job of <laughs> making clear to you throughout the program what your main event is. That's something they struggle with and a lot of it's because they're trying to get bigger things on the T V show and try to pack it full of, of like noteworthy stuff, which let me we be clear as I'm reviewing it, I'm very thankful for that. But you, they could probably do a better job, like definitely do a better job of like, you know, continually making that point. Um, that's not the most interesting critique. I don't think we would be rating the show more positively if there was more vignettes. It's the main event. Like to us, it's, you know, but that would probably help them some, I would assume, would, would be my guess. But it's always hard to set ratings because sometimes it doesn't appear to be much rum or reason to them, honestly. So it's tough. Mm. It's, uh, we'll see what draws in the coming weeks, you know. We've got a lot of big shows coming on. Of course, there'll be a lot of focus on the AEW collision ratings over the next couple of weeks, which we are going to get into. So let's preview that. Um, there's some things announced on Dynamite. Uh, so we'll get into it right now. So at the minute, as far as we know, the card is Willow and Sky Blue versus Ruby and Tony. Wardlow defends his TNT title versus Luchasaurus. Miro returns. Buddy Matthews versus Andrade. And there may be something else. I feel like. The, the sixth one? Yeah, of course, the main event. But I feel like there might be something else. Well, well, you just downplayed that. You just downplayed the main event like it was shit, bro. What was oh, that? No, bro, shut up, man. I'm trying to fucking look for something. I said I'm gonna. Of course, there's that. But I'm gonna. That was saving it to last, obviously. I think you covered it like genuinely. I think you did, but I could be wrong. Um, yeah, I did. And of course, the main event, the draw, of the show, CM Punk, FCR teaming together versus Samoa Joe and Bullet Bullet Club Gold, Jay White, Juice Robinson. Yes, Mojo and Bullet Club Gold, Joe White and Juice Robinson. Um, yeah, so that's the card that we're dealing with. Of course, there's been a lot of talk of brand splits, even though Tony Khan has assured us that there will be no hard split, as he calls it. But we will see. We talked yesterday, uh, and it seems like, you know, between myself, Joe, 
I uh, we kind of believe that that's more of like an insurance policy, you know, of just uh just in case you need to put the elite on a collision one week for a bit of goodwill or vice versa, you know, um, instead of drawing these hard lines, you know, like he even said himself. Uh, so there's that part of it. There's the Canada ticket sales being ass. Let's just be calling what they are. Uh, the US sales are pretty solid. Obviously, there's a punk interview that's meant to be coming out tomorrow. You're good, man. No, I, uh, I forgot that this hand I was eating uh, spicy chips out of. I rub my eye. <laughs> Just keep going. Uh, yeah, I'll power through. Uh, yeah. CM Punk. <laughs> He's gone. <laughs> CM Punk ESPN interview, of course. That'll be interesting. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the rollout and the promotion and the build to the card. And, uh, yeah, we'll just talk what we're kind of expecting from Collision, man. Um, where should we start with the things that I mentioned? Should we just talk about the card or should we talk about kind of the rollout think, and promotion? I think it would make sense because it's the it's the fresh topic after last night to look at the card itself, right? Like kind of did it match expectations? Did it fall short? I'm intrigued with everyone's out on that because I didn't really know what to expect from this as like in terms of match quality, you know? Because obviously the whole thing is about Punk's back, which is is the main hook for me anyway, but... I'm, I'm intrigued with everyone's out. Charlie, I know you're the of the four of us, you're the one who's least probably like, you know, um, my God, give me that real graps because you're not a sicko like us, um, famously. So where did you stand on the, the match card itself after you saw the, the graphics and so on and so forth? Um, I definitely feel like they've done a good job of making it feel like not a dynamite card. Like, because like looking at like that collection of matches, I was just like, yeah, I don't feel like I would see this on a Wednesday night. So, like, mm -hmm. that's a positive. Whether the matches themselves are, like, what I would have chosen for, yeah. like, the first, like, the premiere show of, like, a new TV show, nah. I, I don't know that I would have put uh, Wardlow versus Luchasaurus on this, but it, it is what it is. Um, at least they're, like, trying to make it feel like the show has its own identity. So, that's a positive. I'm, I'm with you. I was kind of torn on it also. I uh, I didn't expect Luchasaurus and Collision, and leave it at that. Uh, there was, I don't know. It's I think you're gonna get like a lot of Punk on this show beyond the match itself. I think Punk is gonna legitimately be on the show for like 50 minutes because I think he's gonna have an extended opening promo, and that trio's match yeah. is probably gonna be like, you know, I think it's not gonna be dissimilar to what they did. Um, was it that Christmas episode they did where it was Sting, Darby, and Punk versus the Pinnacle? Remember they had like a 35 minute trio's yeah. main event. I mean, obviously, different pieces at play, and I'm not sure Joe will be thrilled by this news, but I think they're going to go pretty long in this trios match. Um, so it's going to, I mean, as you'd expect, it's going to be all about CM Punk. The rest of the show, women's tag will be fun, but Andrade and Buddy is pretty much the, you know, the sole highlight to me outside of the main event, if I'm being honest. Um, Manny the Hooper, what do you reckon? You into the collision lineup? I'm not really into the same people wrestling, that wrestled on Wednesday, wrestle on Saturday kind of thing. But I guess he has to do it to show that, you know, it's not going to be exclusive. I just w wish he waited, you know, maybe a few weeks to do it. But man, I have my eyes on the prize when, when as soon as I saw Andrade and Buddy graphic, I mean, I was all in, no pun intended. And then, uh, I mean, I was really excited for the six minutes. So I, I, I'm willing to... To look past the the people beat wrestling on both shows for this one show, and um, 
I'm really I'm really interested to see what else happens on the show because I feel like it's they're gonna try to make this like for one to remember and they're gonna hit everybody in the face with like, oh, you have to be watching this show. So can't wait to see what kind of stops they do for it. Yeah. It definitely mm-hmm. interested to see who Miro wrestles. Like I hope it's not a squash. I think it's gonna be a squash. It's gonna be a squash. It, it's it's I gonna be a squash, but I think I hope they do something different. I, I think he'll he'll have a squash in like an in ring promo where we kind of get a mission statement of some kind. Then maybe we'll get you know some kind of angle. Yeah. I, I think, think they might be taking it slow with him. Go on, Manny. I, I think there's a reason why more of those wrestling on this show, and then Miro is having a squash. I think he's gonna make his intentions clear that he wants back his his prize from God. So there you go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The big hook with this, I mean, I the lineup is again for me. It's like I really want to see the main event, and I'm excited for Andrade and Buddy, even if a little bit cautiously so, because Andrade hasn't wrestled for a while, and they are a combined like 500 pounds at this point, which is fucking hilarious. But um, the real like appeal to me as a as a nerd is how this show feels, right? I think we all agree this thing needs to feel different beyond what the lineup says, the talent says. It has to have its own vibe, and that's the biggest appeal to me, until or hook to me point of interest is like how's this thing going to look and feel is it going to feel like dynamite on a saturday or is it going to have a totally different vibe hopefully the latter i think that's important for the show to succeed yeah yeah definitely uh two main things i'd be looking for is just kind of a, a try at least an attempt of establishing a clear identity uh something to distinguish yourself from the rest and um i want real like season premiere feels you know uh kick off new storylines uh, people who are, you know, I'm interested to see next week. Where's this going to go? Where's that going to go? Hot angles, blah, 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 blah. So I want real season premiere feels. So um, obviously, judging from the card, um, it's hard to uh, anticipate that because it's a card. It's a card of matches, you know what I mean? Um, so it's hard to actually give a take on that until you actually see the show play out in front of you. So um, from a card perspective, I think it's... Um, I think Manny's point's very valid, especially with like kind of like the uh, the perception of gone with, you know, trying to give us a collision where like uh, this way you're going to see these superstars sort of thing and these wrestlers and these people, blah, blah, blah. And then in the first episode, you put Wardlow, who just wrestled on Wednesday on it. You put, uh, then you put Sky and Tony on it, who just wrestled this week on it. Because mm-hmm. um, I, my, Sorry to cut you off, but my, my whole thought was I thought collision was going to be this is where you're going to see people that that we haven't seen in a while, you know, they hardly ever get TV time. And it's like, oh, we're just going to put the same guys that always have TV time on this other show. But I was wondering, do you open the show with a CM Punk mission statement or you just go right into the action? I think you start with Punk. Yeah, you start with Punk. You book in the show Punk and you hope that what you do in the opening segment is so substantial that people say, I have to see this main event. And I actually, yeah. I think they'll be okay on that front, to be honest. I and mean, we just had the conversation about trios matches and the way they draw, but I think <laughs> if we get some Punk Joe business in the opening seg, which I think is very feasible, I think you may be able to keep people around. I'd hope so anyway. We'll see. And then do yeah. you also have a debut on the show? I think you need one, yeah. Or at least a big return or surprise. I think a surprise would yeah. be very beneficial. I don't know who that would be necessarily. Um with a season premiere, it's always nice to have a surprise, right? I think that would be that'd be a good way to set the tone also. So yeah, I'd hope so. I would have Kenta show up at the end and just attack uh CM Punk to set up their match. Stay on that dream, bro. 
Still on that journey. It's happening, I'm telling you. Yeah. Anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, the card, of course, been been over it a couple of times now. We'll, uh, we're, we are expecting Miro to have a squash match, I think. Who knows what poor soul they'll feed to him. Hopefully he gets set up in a storyline after this or Lord Jose gives a proper mission statement, you know. Um, but like I said, I'm looking for season premiere, proper vibes, you know. Um, and just some identity, you know. Hopefully CM Punk knocks it out of the park with his opening promo like you'd expect it to have. And of course, the trio's match at the end, hopefully that delivers, you know. Um, but yeah, man, there's the card. And... Um, Obviously, Joe, we spoke about it yesterday, so I kind of know where you're right with it. But I wanted to see where Manny and Charlie are at with kind of like the brand split. Like, where do you think it's actually going to go? Like, do you think he's going to, do you think it'll eventually develop into a hard brand split, or do you think it'll be more free flowing, or do you think it will be none of the above? Like, what, where do you think it's going to go in terms of how um, Tony Khan used to quote hard split or hard, like, no hard lines drawn, you know? Uh, but how hard? You think these lines are going to get? You know, uh, I'll start with the Hooper. I really don't think there's going to be a hard brand split. I think Tony saw the the outrage about a the brand split, and I think he's just going to keep it free flowing, and he's not going to put himself in a box to make himself look dumb. Eventually, where he's going to have to have people go in between each show because of some certain certain houses aren't drawing, so. I think he's going to play it safe and not have, have any hard split between just the elite and punk. Hmm. Yeah. That's, I think that's definitely a real possibility, to be honest. Charlie, where do you see to sit with the um, the potential roster split? Do you think it's happening? Do you think it's not happening? Do you think it's somewhere in between? Where are you at? Um, I think there's going to be some superstars that you'll notice that they're they like they don't go over to the other shows like as often as some superstars do. Like, cause I feel like superstars wrestlers do. Oh. I feel like there's going to be a, <laughs> there's going to be a real distinction between those who are like mainstays on each show and who are like kind of floating in between and doing double duty and things like that, which I feel like is the best way to approach it. I, I don't think like a hard brand split should be the way they should go like at all. But um, I feel like there's going to be some people that are like definitely more involved on both shows than others. Hmm. Yeah, I just. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with both of you in kind of uh, in some way. It's just uh, it's already out there now. Like the idea of a brand split, you know. So like people are going to look mm-hmm. at certain things a certain way, you know, like um. Like we met, we've mentioned before on these podcasts about like how Rampage just felt like its own universe at times, you know. But of course, yeah. that weren't that weren't brand split. People weren't talking about brand split. There weren't reports of brand split then. There weren't all this tension in the locker room back then. So, like, say for example, if one storyline gets a couple of consistent weeks on collision, and it's not even intentional, you know, or something like mm-hmm. that, like they might be on Dynamite the next week. People will definitely like put a magnifying glass over it. Yeah, um, you know when. Uh, already seen people kind of forming their alliances of either, you know, <laughs> either pledging allegiance to Dynamite or Collision. So um, it's definitely going to be an interesting one in terms of all that sort of stuff. Um, Joe, you got anything to add on that? Because obviously we spoke about it yesterday as well. 
Yeah, I think it's one of those things where at this point we need to just see what it looks like in execution, right? Like mm-hmm. the key, whether you do a, an actual brand split or not, the key is that the guys who are currently not being utilized much, their usage goes up. And they can be on Wednesdays or Saturdays. It's just that's the most important thing. Um, mm-hmm. I do think there are positives to a brand split, as I've said before. I never liked the circumstances that were making this one appear likely ever. I've yeah. always a bad idea. And so in this particular you know, situation, I think they'd be well served to kind of, you know, you could define the shows by their top guys, but I, I don't think it would be a good idea to like draw a line. I think with the way this has come about, you're already kind of threatening to do that. I wouldn't lean into it much personally, but yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, ultimately you need star power on both shows and that is the most important thing. Then it's about getting the underneath guys more time on TV. And if you achieve both mm-hmm. of those, that's more important than whether there's a split or not. You know, like that's way more. Yeah. <clears throat> I just, part of me just hopes that they, they get the ball rolling on the show because Tony Khan is fighting an uphill, insane funger battling uphill battle already <clears throat> with the perception of the show because, I mean, everybody already knows that. Tony Khan already gives up on other projects right away. Just like, look what happened to Rampage, all the darks, Ring of Honor, and all that stuff. Like, if he doesn't put his foot down and just make this product good, a lot of people are going to be questioning whether, like, if he has it in him and all that. Because, like, how do you keep making all these empty promises about all these A shows and you just kind of just give up on them and all that because of ratings? And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I just. I also, I also don't think we're just reaching the end of CM Punk on Dynamite. I think he's going to do both eventually, and the Elite will do. Yeah, Whenever he's on Dynamite, I think the Elite will do uh, Collision. But, man, I'm telling you right now, if Collision's a good show, man, I'm going to get nasty on that timeline. We know. You we, know. Timeline? Yeah. we know. We know. Yeah, Take victory know. laps. I will say. Get a Collision um, tattoo. We're crazy. <laughs> that would be incredible. Um we last night we talked a lot about the rollout, and you know, obviously, it's we're, we're super close now, so those critiques stand. But I did like the couple of promos we got on this show in that regard. I thought they did a nice job. I thought, in fear of going full Charlie here, the the famed Bullet Club Gold act is like, I, I think I'm, I mean, I'm on board with this. I think I like Juice Robinson now. This is my um, oh, news bulletin. First time I've said those words since I believe 2018. I'm back. <laughs> um, this act, their promo dynamic is legitimately awesome because so Jay cuts the promo and Juice is just Juice. At all times, he he's on it. Yeah, it's incredible. It's like it's the way that Mark would chip in back in the day with Jay Briscoe. Mark Briscoe would always he'd always have the quips, and you'd be you wouldn't know who to look at sometimes. It's obviously not to that level. How could it be? No one can be. But that's the way. Like Juice is like. He's absurd. I mean, we don't have enough wrestlers that just appear to be truly insane anymore. So, yeah. I uh, I like this act. Well, they did a hell of a job in the promo. Is still really good stuff. I do have a question for you. How do you guys feel about when people do these deep thoughts on collusion? It just ends up being like these deep thoughts. Like, I mean, I've seen I've seen a lot of threads that people talk about collusion, and it ends up being I feel like disingenuous because it ends up just being like. You know, fuck CM Punk. Like they just they ended up just being a CM Punk think piece and all that. What we are we talking about? What are we talking about specifically? Because I don't, I like what actual takes are we talking about here. Oh, well, I don't know. I just see people talking about, oh, maybe this isn't good for AW and all that, and just I just seen a whole bunch of stuff and like people just complaining about collision, 
and it shouldn't be a thing. And then it just all ends up being like, you know what? We don't know if CM Punk's a real draw. If CM Punk is this, he's probably ruining the company and all that. And I don't know. I just think it's weird, you know, that people aren't really having like real thoughts about collision. It's just like, you know, fuck CM Punk. People, people being disingenuous on Twitter. Jesus. Yeah. Oh, oh, I could never guess. Like, um, that's what people do, bro. Like they disguise their takes in other takes that make them mm-hmm. feel like they're commenting on the, you know, on the topical thing of the day. You know, so if people are just like Foxy and Pong, then they'll disguise those takes in <laughs> in a pile of all oh, collision bad, collision mm-hmm. not good idea, is, collision this, collision that. Because there is definitely real yeah, criticisms exactly. of it, you know. But like again, a lot of it's disingenuous. So, He's got to talk Again, to a lot of people. And I've said this a million times at this point, but like I don't think it's unfair to say that <laughs> in terms of their momentum as a promotion, this is probably not the ideal time for another TV show, right? It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't feel like they have the momentum right now where it's like, man, people are desperate for another two hours. So I think you were allowed to say yeah. that. Mm-hmm. And you're also, you're also more than entitled to say, I'm, I don't care for the show. I'm not excited for the show. That's obviously not the case for myself. I, I'm super fired up for it. But, you know, I mean, I agree with you, Manny, but, you know, that's just... Is what it is, but I pretty good that shit about everything at this point. <laughs> it's the, it's yeah. the way that you know, it is what it is. Yeah, literally, that's just yeah, Twitter being Twitter. That's, that's yeah. what that sounds like to me, to be honest. Um, all right, so uh, let's talk about the ticket sales a bit. Of course, we touched on it again yesterday, well, because of course, Tony Khan was fresh out of those interviews. Um, you know, the kind of the tickets, uh, they're ass, you know, they're fucking, they're not good, man. Like, some of them are below, well, one of them's below a thousand, one of them's just yeah. over a thousand. And in general, they're not looking great. Um, judging from the interview that was released yesterday with uh, with Pollock and Thurston, um, it seems like Tony's mindset is, you know, we're going to we're gonna hit a home run with this AEW Collision debut and that will help us boost these ticket sales. And it also seems like he's going to be somewhat reliant on the Owen Cup announcements and having matches on those shows because he did mention that um, Owen Cup matches will be taking place on Collision. So uh, it seems like those are the two main factors that despite these pretty poor ticket sales in Canada for Collision, uh, those are going to be the two things that he leans on. So, yeah, hopefully he hits a home run and hopefully these uh, Owen Hart Cup matches uh, are draws and the stuff that people are really interested mm-hmm. in and want to see. Um, but other than that, Joe, do you think there's anything else that they could do to, um, to like, boost these sales a bit, man? Or do you think that it's, it's too late now? A lot of lost causes. Like, even salvaging some of these, you don't have a good house, you know? Like, it just is what it is. And as we talk about yesterday, a couple of them are are victims of like scheduling and that stuff kind oh, of being yeah. fashion. And that's why I think honestly the biggest indicator of collision in a in a range of ways is where we're at in three months. How are they drawing as their own entity then? How is the show what's the show's perception? And more importantly, what's the show's quality like? Are we gonna have an immediate drop off if it doesn't rate well or are we gonna, you know, is it gonna remain an A show? Um so, so yeah that's the that's the main thing to me. But uh, a couple of these shows, they're just not the characters. I mean, it's what it is. They're, they're close enough at this point to conclude, I think. So, well, ho- hopefully things will go up from there. Uh, I, I think the I think what's uh, now helping the show is that uh, that most of these were house shows, right before they turned into collusion. And like, I mean, the yeah. tickets are yes, expensive. They did too. announce it was the house show tour. 
Yeah, so I think that's what kind of fucked them up too at the same time. Like now sees his house shows. And then I don't think the perception would be as bad as if the tickets weren't as expensive and uh, they ran smaller venues. They're, they're, the perception is bad because they're running huge, huge buildings that you know that would be like for like some pay-per-views. I know they're running the old Air Canada Center. Um, just a whole bunch of big be- venues. If yeah. they just ran smaller ones like they do sometimes for Dynamite, this wouldn't be such an issue. Hmm. Sure. They're running free TV tapings and a pay-per-view in Ontario in two different venue like places that are within an hour's drive of each other. They're not even opposite sides of the province, which really baffled me because why would you schedule it like that? Anyone that would go to the Hamilton one's just gonna go to Toronto because that's where Forbidden Door is. Yeah. I'm so baffled. It's so and that's honestly the biggest factor of all this is it's just like it doesn't make much sense to go to some of these shows. Yeah, it's like it's bizarre. Yeah, that's uh go on. If you can go to the Toronto collision the day before like a big pay-per-view and then be in town for the pay-per-view why the fuck would you then go yeah. to the one like the thursday taping like mm-hmm. that's what i mean so... i don't think there's an angle you could shoot on saturday shows gonna make people do it i think it's just that yeah. show will be will be at this point unfortunately the production teams you have to get very creative but i will say to manny's i, I would like to know what the uh the motivation for that recent shift has been because once upon a time AEW would always run those smaller buildings you know, and then yeah. there, there was a shift. I don't know when it happens. I don't follow these things closely, but it feels like they, they try to run the NBA buildings now. And it's like, they have to do the deal where they cut off like the, half the building. I don't know. I I always think it's like, it used to be cool when they run more quirky places, you know? Yeah, they, they, they used to run the college, yeah, the, co- yeah. the college teams, a basketball arena. So, I mean, it's just, mm-hmm. you know, weird stuff. Mm. And uh, I guess this kind of touches on to the, the final thing I want to talk about. It's kind of just like the rollout and the promotion of it, you know. Like we've just talked about like how the tour's been set up, like let's just say it hasn't been optimal. Um it doesn't seem like especially like some of the things that Charlie was mentioning with like the Canada tour, it's just like some of it just doesn't seem that well thought out, you know. Um and of course, like the like the promotion to it, like we only got like besides the main event, we only got some more of the card last night, which is of course you'd fair to say that's pretty late in the game. Um, and just like in general, like the promotion of it, it just being kind of, uh, you know, here's your Miro Andrades and CM Punks and Thunder Roses on a flyer, and then you know a few more flyers, and not really that much else in terms of like real proper like promo packages and build to the card to like you know look you we're, we're heading into a season premiere we're heading into a new brand new two-hour show on national television weekly like and it just doesn't to me at least it doesn't really feel like that so um I just want to get your guys' thoughts on like like I said the rollout and the promotion of this new uh, this new this new show. I'll start with you, Charlie. It's just been weird. Like, I think them trying to roll it out, like, off the back of Double or Nothing, and then having Forbidden Door build mixed in all of that, it's just not put them in a good position with mm-hmm. it. Like, Fair. it kind of feels yeah. like this came at, like, the worst possible time for them to, like, be trying mm-hmm. to, like, build the season premiere of a show whilst building one of their biggest pay-per-views of the year, and keeping Dynamite and Rampage on track. Like, there's a whole lot going on for them. And I don't know that it's been, like, that much of a success, like, the rollout of it. 
But the people that are like excited for it will be excited for it and they'll tune in and I think they will pop a number with the first show and I hope that the first show is just good enough that they can keep that up. So, hmm. I think uh, it's so weird to me because I feel like they've had the show planned already for months. Like they know this is what the lineup's going to be, and instead of building up to it, they just kind of said Tony's just going to build to it on pay per view. No, on dynamites, and that was going to be a little build. I would have had. We've all known CM Punk was going to come back already for like three weeks now, right? And that they announced it. Yeah, I would have had him do sit downs or something on the show, and I guess you don't want to ruin the first pop or whatever because he's not there. But I would have had sit downs with Joe or Jay or FTR. Yeah, yeah, Hell, have to yeah. do, do something because they knew they were going to do on Friday, buddy. Have them do a sit down or have a cut promos about why they're doing it or something. I mean. I would have been building more to it. It just seemed like he waited till like the last day of the assignment, you know, when you're trying to do your homework or whatever, and you have to get your project done. He's like, fuck, oh, I forgot I have to do this. <laughs> and just put it out there for everybody to see on Dynamite. Because the package was awesome. He did with CM Punk. Yeah. And CM Punk looked like he was ready to go. So I wish they just did more of that instead of making it seem like Tony forgetting that, oh, crap, I have to do Collision. So here's this quick vignette of CM Punk doing something cool. So, yeah, I'll hear you definitely. Uh, Hobart, where do you find yourself with this uh, rollout and promotion of this new show that they're doing? I think it's just been jumbled because I think they've changed their mind multiple times on like how they want to do it. Mm-hmm. I think there was definitely an initial thought of, you know, repeating the first dance with like, will he, won't he? You maybe name it. What was the the trademark? They got the second coming. Yeah, <laughs> trademark, right? I think that was their initial read, and then they decided they wanted to announce Punk. And then I think they had an idea of the angle they were going to shoot to make the main event make sense, and things changed on that angle. And so they ended up just announcing the main event without any angle whatsoever and being like, yep, Joe's in there, you know? And it's just, it's been jumbled. Like, it's one of those things where, um, to, you know, I, I'm pretty much a perfect encapsulation of what Charlie was saying because I was always putting a big side anyway, and here I am. Like, I've, I've just convinced myself. I think they certainly could do a much better job of not, you know, leaving a, um, the sickos to do it, to kind of make up the difference. I, th- I think from a promotional point of view, everyone has had good points in terms of how they could have added some spice to this, added some some gravity and jeopardy to some of the matches. But ultimately, no, I'm, I'm obviously going to be tuned in. So I think a lot of people will be, honestly, relative. I'm not saying it's going to be like some absurd number, but I, I think AEW's audience is so, like, tuned in anyway that i think they'll be okay and I, that's often the case right their, their audience is so hardcore and so switched on that i think they'll be all right even though i think they could have done a way better job of actually promoting what they've got here yeah i don't i don't understand why they've everybody known everybody has known for what for like a week sorry that this show's coming i don't know why tony tony tried to make this like secretive and didn't let anybody know like what was the deal with the show like we all this is we have everything we've gone out about a collusion has just been secondhand. We never heard from like Tony about yeah. what collusion is, and I think what's ruined the perception of collusion already is everybody on everybody's on social media is headcanon about what the show is going to be. Instead of, I think the perception of the show would have been a lot different if Tony Khan and everybody involved in the show just came out and said what it was and what it was going to be. I agree, but I think you can easily overcome that. Like, you know, people online will think what they think. That's just the way it goes. Like, but. If you do the show at a certain level with a certain feel, I think you can quickly rewrite that perception. I agree with you, it's not ideal, but it's also yeah. very much the niche within the niche, one of those situations, right? Like, yeah. I do think there are a lot of people who watch Dynamite, they're just like, I'll call punks wrestling. And we'll see, I guess, with the number, how much that, how big an audience that is. But 
Um, they need to make a good first impression, regardless of what you think. Even if you think the role has been a home run, it goes without saying they have to have a, a hit with the first episode. So that's the big question now. Yeah, yeah, uh, but yeah, it's been definitely an interesting rollout. Of course, the card is another thing, and you know we've talked about the kind of the ticket sales. Um, I think it's fair to say, like most of us here, most fan, most AEW fans in general, to be honest, are pretty lot fired up for this one. But there is definitely some things to be desired about it, you know, um, which is you know to be honest, uh, you know, kind of criticisms of like the way they've built to it and kind of. Um, not establishing what it's going to be, like Manny was just touching on, you know, there's already some kind of, um, I don't want to call them blatant red flags or anything, you know, but there's some there's some minor warning signals there and there's definitely going to be some interested eyes on this show on Saturday, you know, for better or for worse. So I well, guess all we can do now is just kind of wait and see how it goes. Like we've, kind of, we've got a card, you know, like we got the card yesterday, we've got a card, um, you know, uh, we kind of know where the tickets are roughly going to be. You know, if uh, I guess if they get like a strong walk up or strong last day, which you know, Chicago, it's not, it wouldn't be the craziest thing to assume. They could probably hit 10k, you know, uh, and uh, yeah, just wait and see how it all plays out. Hopefully, we're not disappointed, you know, uh, hopefully, it's uh, you know, it's a, it's a nice alternative within the alternative, you know, something that feels a bit different, you get me? So um sure. we'll see how that all plays out. Uh let's do some do some super chats. Also, people, please like, subscribe. Super chats are always appreciated, but please make sure you're smashing that like button because if you're here, you're logged into a YouTube account, it only takes you half a second, you know, and we massively appreciate it. So hit that like button pretty please. Um Super chats. Devil's Rising. Thoughts on Punk, Duck, and Kenta. Um, just more quick take on it would be that um, if this was a few years ago, like literally even just a few years ago, then maybe I'd feel a bit different about it, you know. But at the minute, I can't really say I blame him, to be honest. Um, like if I'm seeing Punk, like the idea of wrestling Kenta now wouldn't exalt me that much at all, to be honest. Um, but. You know, it's 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 for the it's for the real ones. You know, it's one of those matches. Like it'll pop me if it does actually happen. It's just not something like I'm dying to see. You know, and I think Punk, I think Punk realizes that as well. You know, like um, where do you, any of you guys have any thoughts on Punk? Apparently, I believe reportedly, kind of just not being interested in this. Very, it's very interesting that this report came about. To be honest, right? Like, I don't. Oh, it's kind of weird to me because generally when we get reports like that, it's because we're we're veering in that direction. There was an immediate talk. Like everyone heard it. There was an immediate talk when this report came out of hmm, Punk's not so sure. <laughs> so I, I don't know if that was like some fun and games. Um, if so, real grabs to be clear. I'm, you know, I endorse mm-hmm. this behavior. I don't know. It's, it's hard to say because I don't know his reason for it. Like, I don't think they're, uh, I'll put it this way. I do not think Kenta's um, online shenanigans have been an elaborate, shared, um, you know, <laughs> performance art. I think it's pretty one sided and Punk maybe feels somewhere about that, which would not be a surprise. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm not even going to entertain this. I think it's happening. So. Uh, Jack Grealish, $2. What's this course mean? Just a good old discussion, mate. You know, discussion, debate. You know, that's uh, there you there you are, mate. Uh, Genghis Khan, it's a new one. Uh, hmm. Five dollars. A man falls seven times and rises eight times. Wardlow's time will come. 
good one. Um, <laughs> Genghis Khan, two dollars. Yeah, I think my nephew will be on Forbidden Door. I doubt it. And again, good one. Um, <laughs> Showtime Spurs, five dollars. I'm going to Collision. Happy to hear. Uh, they just announced Kiera Hogan, a Fina Street fight will be taped there, and it's now honestly the best match of the night. Wow. Well, you know. All right, bro. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? All right, bro. Uh, I hope you have a good time anyway. Uh, five, five, triple two, ten dollars I'm going to the Collision Show the day after the ROH pay-per-view. I just want the show to feel different. Very fair, mate. Obviously, we just touched on all that. Um, just don't book the same people from Wednesday that week and just feel different from Dynamite. Yeah, I'm with you for... Um, you know, a uh, very, very fair way to feel going into a show like that, especially, like, you know, with, uh, you know, some of, like I said, some of the very, I don't want to, let's not call them red flags, we'll call them amber, amber flags, you know, very, very <laughs> minor, very minor little things that if you are going to be a pessimist. Oh, that's not really the same thing, is it, bro? Um, <laughs> if you are like a pessimist, and there is definitely things that you can look at and kind of, I guess, get worried about, but, you know, like I was just saying, Friday, we'll, definitely have a better idea of what we're going to be dealing with, you know, and as the coming weeks and months unfold. All right, man. Um, again, smash that like button, people. Need those likes up. Get them up. We've been on here for nearly three hours. Maybe a bit too long, you know, uh, but sometimes you just got to do the Broadway, you know? Um, and we did the damn thing. All right. Let's wrap it up. Um, what do I want to wrap up with? All right. We have on Purist tomorrow, of course, as we do every Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern. Um, the only time that changes is when Tony Khan fucks us with his rampage <laughs> scheduling, which is always very annoying. But um, as far as I believe, it's normal time tomorrow. So uh, 6 p.m. Eastern on Purist podcast. Uh, Sunday, Ibu's AEW Collision review. Yeah, I believe Israel will be on that with him as well. I'm not 100% now, but uh, Ibu, at least, Ibu and friends will be reviewing Collision and doing kind of like his weekly spot where, you know, where Backup Hangman can kind of, you know, he can kind of just talk his shit, man. You know, uh, it's always going to, people are always going to feel kind of way about it, I guess. You know, some people might feel one way, some people might feel another. And then Wrestle Purist Worldwide, you get a little bit of it, but sometimes, I, you know, sometimes I might have to stop him, you know. Sometimes I might have to put a stop to his, uh, before he goes too far on a tangent or something. Well, Sunday is where Ibu can cook, you know. And if you like what Ibu cooks, which I know is a lot of people, that's why he's got such a good following, etc. Then uh, that's where you're going to see him this uh, weekly now. Now that Collision's here and it's starting, Ibu, every Sunday, get used to it. Um, but yeah, like, subscribe, appreciate all the super chats from my people. Uh, we have the best live chat in the game. And um, Charlie, you got anything you want to plug? Um, I've got a feature that will hopefully come out before I go to Canada for Forbidden Door. Um, follow me on Twitter if you're interested in finding yes. out more about that. I'll probably be tweeting about it a whole lot in the coming week or so because it's going to be a big one. It's going to be an exciting trip. Lots of exciting things about that. And I am going to the collision taping for that. So Beautiful stuff. Uh, we hope you have a great time. Manny, you got anything you want to plug or announce? No, man. I'm just chilling. Yeah, I'll be around. Beautiful stuff. Beautifully said. Uh, Holbert. Mm -hmm. Talk to the people. I would like to formally congratulate 
Chris and Dukes of the Late Night Grin, who last night graduated from their Young Lion status, the first official graduates, the LNG Dojo, so shout out to them. Uh, and speaking of the Late Night Grin, we'll be live on Saturday night immediately after Collision because that piece of shit, Jack Crosby, forced me to do that at 3 a.m. I don't know why I agreed to it, but we're going live that time. As soon as Collision ends, join us on Twitch for Late Night Grin. I may pop up on Ibu's show. I don't know what kind of house he's looking at there, but, I mean, it sounds like it could do pretty good, so I may... I may make an appearance, but uh, that's all, mate. Hope everyone enjoyed this and uh, enjoys the. It's a fun time, risk. I do. I will say this: if we said some crazy things today, I don't want to co-sign all of them, but I think we can all co-sign. Enjoy this time. This is a this is a fun time. It's, it's a long like time this. ago as well. We're it talking not nearly two hours. Two yeah. <laughs> two hours thirty minutes ago, Ibu was saying some really it's weird. It's always things, like you know? this, you know. It's a good time, so make the most of it and have fun with it because there's a lot of good stuff Absolutely. going on. Absolutely, big week. Oh, uh, I do have something to plug, actually. Go on, hurry up. Follow me on Twitch, Manantonio3298. I, I started to become, I became a streamer. Wonderful. How did that go for you, Manny? Well, it's, you know, I mean, you you sure talk you don't want to talk about it? <laughs> well, I got smoked by one of the young lions. Both, I mean, in two games back to back, by like fifty points. So, well, as long as you're trying, you know. Uh, but yeah. Of course, one last time, please smash that like button. Please subscribe if you haven't already, especially if you've been with us for nearly three hours and you haven't subscribed, then I would have to question what the fuck you're doing, you know? <laughs> and of course, we appreciate all the super chats. Um, WrestlePurist.com. And uh, yeah, man, peace out, everyone. Thanks for, thanks for watching.